0: Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, those in between and affiliated to uh, the Transformers retrospective, uh, Michael Bay's Transformers retrospective. Excuse me, we're not going through all that media because I would uh, take a whole separate channel to devote ourselves to that. But uh, here we are doing the uh, The Last Night, which came out in 2017. Uh, Gentlemen, how are you guys doing tonight or today? Start with you, Caleb.
1: How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing. I'm here to discuss. Yeah, another Transformers film.
0: So, so here we go. Very okay. Very, very, yeah, very much so. Uh, Eric, how you doing currently?
2: I'm finally ready to do this now. Like I'm, I'm primed. No pun intended.
0: <laughs> so, uh, I guess a, a preamble uh, for myself. Um, this movie broke me uh, in, uh, in in a way in which it's. If I had to, you know. Tell you guys how I feel about this movie. Um, this made this movie made me feel like I have to question the reason why I do podcasting and if I really should be uh, an analyzer or a critic of art such as
1: this. Yeah, and you're the one who wanted to do the series, so that's uh, I leave this one on you.
0: You're right. That's that's fully fair. You you you're not wrong there. Yeah, but would you like to uh, lead us into the the movie here? Of course, of course. Let us uh, let us begin. Uh, if you all have your legally, illegally purchased, digitally or physically purchased copies of this movie, uh, please get it to timestamp zero and please press play right now. Yeah, I'm seeing some stars against a very blue
1: screen for Paramount Plus here. I guess it's going to leave me a little extra behind. Oh,
2: you're yeah. on Paramount Plus? Cause, yeah, because I have the disc and it starts with something else before the um the opening Paramount logo
1: yeah I'm, might be a little bit behind, but what can you do? And who cares? it's' just, it's just transformers I mean why are we even here at this point? Yes,
2: transformers. <laughs> what are you talking about?
1: yeah, why are we even here at this point? But you said this is the, we open up with the
2: <laughs> you said the one you quite like
1: it is the one I quite like, yeah, I think out of the Michael Bay ones this is the best but but we'll get into that as we go along. Holy smoke's easily the best but but we'll get into that, so we open up with this this uh Some devastation here. Another opening up in the past, which I guess they've been doing since,
0: was it the third one or the second one?
2: The second, I think.
0: Yep. Second was 10,000 BC or something like that. Huh.
2: And, you know, when I saw this at the theater the first time, I had the same thought as I'm imagining other people did, which was, oh, okay. It's like Gladiator um, opening scene. Hmm. But I learned today, fun fact, this was shot in the same location as the opening battle in Gladiator. So there is that, too.
1: Oh, that's interesting. Hmm.
2: Same. Apparently, this is a famous location in England for shooting these types of scenes.
1: Yeah, and I think this is one of the best of their, I mean, maybe the third one has the best. But this is among the upper tier of the little cold opens. I think this is, it all looks pretty well done action wise, I think
2: this forest shot i just saw looked pretty nice
1: yeah yeah and i'll say uh when i watched all the transformers movies back in i think it was 2020 or 2021 yeah by the time we got to this i was so beaten up and i was like okay i'm i i'm so done with this series i don't want to see any more of these and then seeing this one i was like wow like this one really feels like they were finally trying to do something different and and try to be a little bit more coherent and not get lost with just endless action. And so I was surprised to learn that this is actually the most hated of the Transformers movies. And I'm not sure why. I guess I guess you guys will have to explain it to me. Uh,
2: I I don't know. I don't think I didn't I was not aware this was the most hated. Um I th- and I thought amongst like the peoples out there. I think I don't hmm. I would think the second or the third, maybe.
1: When I when I was looking into it, because uh, yeah, I was surprised. I was like, "Is this a different writer? Is this what?" I, I went D B and it had a pretty dire score, and I didn't read any of the reviews. I just kind of read the headlines, but I scrolled through the IMDb reviews, and all of them were one stars, and yeah, a lot of hate directed towards this.
2: It might have been part of like the Isaac crowd. I don't know exactly what angle Isaac's coming from, but. I have, idea, I have ideas and so I'm imagining it'd be people, a, a loud well, minority coming from that point of view because this money, this movie still made tons of money like all the other Michael Bay Transformers movies.
1: Yeah, and I, I, I assume that it was because of the, the negative reaction that they switched gears for the next one. But but I will say I'm, I'm curious if m- most of the hate comes down to people... Uh, not liking this direction with the whole Knights thing that we're being introduced here with Merlin and all this stuff. I don't know if this is from Transformers. Or... That's
2: not what I would assume. That's not what I would assume.
1: Mm.
2: I would assume it's something else.
1: Well, I guess, yeah. <laughs> Isaac, do you have any uh, any
0: comments here? I have lots of comments. I don't know if they're in my mind currently right now, so I'll try my best. But I mean, at this point, it's it's kind of retroactive insertion after retroactive insertion i guess a a new pair of writers always coming up with like you know new stuff uh of the past and you know i kind of wish sorry sorry I have to be very careful what i say i'm sorry i think it would have been a cool idea to uh have done everything going forward like imagine if all this like happened in present times and they like went in the future potentially on earth I know it sounds probably weird, but that way, instead of having to always go back into the past and retroactively insert things, they could have just done it like present day wise. I think that may have uh, done something cool with that, but no,
2: I get what you're saying.
0: As for this stuff, I, I yeah, I, I just was like, I, I hope it's not my, my very like, you know, structured brain of like, I can't take change. It's not, that's not true. I can't accept change, but just like, when the rules of the past have been played with like Plato in each film, I'm just like, what is, what is truth? I guess by this point, it, it really is like, you know, up to anybody's interpretation of uh, the events that have transpired. But I mean, maybe it's just like memory wipes, like Optimus prime and Bumblebee have all just, you know, forgotten stuff about their histories here. So yeah, you know what, actually, I guess that is the, the best explanation. So um when, they said when one of the. Uh, I forget which line it but was. Wait,
2: but wait, wait, wait. But as it pertains to this particular movie or what we've seen so far, what would what would Prime and Bumblebee have to forget?
1: Yeah, I
0: was curious about like, that too.
2: I, I'm not sure which part you're talking about. Uh, yeah. Just
0: when, like, you know, it turns out that, like, Bumblebee was on Earth the entire, like, throughout, like, the history, like, from World War II and, and I guess before that.
2: Okay, I mean, that is a thing for sure. I just. Yeah, but because they certainly weren't alive or around like these, the Dark Ages as they called it. And
1: uh... well, Bumblebee was what like seventy years here with the. If, if he showed up around World War II, I don't know if they say he was older. I wasn't sure when they were supposed to have been there in the uh that first one, because I didn't get the impression that they had just landed on Earth in that first one. Oh, I did.
2: <laughs> no, well, some did. Some some were already there.
1: Yeah, I think that's my ignorance, though. <laughs> and and I come from the camp where I couldn't care less about continuity with this series, because this series is, I think, most of the original lineup of films, those first three, I think they're mostly pretty bad. So I'm like, just do whatever you want with this series. I couldn't care less about the continuity for something like this. Just give me something entertaining. If I'm here, if I have to watch this, just just don't piss me off like the past few have done. <laughs>
2: yeah even by the second or third movie, and I'm saying this retroactively, I wasn't thinking this at the time, but retroactively by the time I get to the second or third, I automatically have to put my my brain into like fast and furious mode like that's the like you can't it's self flagellation if you try to treat it like something like Star Wars or even Star Trek as far as like consistency. Because it really does turn into a Fast and Furious type franchise by the second or third movie onward. So and that's I mean you could try with, yeah, self torture.
1: I mean, it's before good. we get
2: too far,
1: oh go ahead. <laughs>
2: before we get too far from the Dark Ages, because we're not really going to go back there in the movie. Um, I was watching some of the special features, and they were interviewing the guys on set who played like Arthur, Percival, Lancelot, etc. A bunch of no-name guys, but having a good time, and it was like they put. There was so much put into just filming that opening sequence, like it was almost a movie in of itself. The Mm -hmm. production, I mean, and they're like interviewing all those guys who are just happy to be working in a legitimate blockbuster film. And it's funny because they have no idea how they fit into the movie or what the movie's even about. And it was just oh, funny wow. hearing them. Cause all they know is the medieval stuff. They have no idea about the rest of the movie. And so they were like trying to come up with like, maybe they go into the past and they have to come back and like fix something. And like with time travel and they, they, they were just like speculating, but they had absolutely no clue like about anything else with the story of the movie. It was just interesting.
1: And I'm curious for you, Isaac, cause I remember I've been recently editing that, uh, transformers uh, the third or the fourth one i guess <laughs>
0: age of extension
1: and in the end you laid out a, a long checklist uh of different things that you wanted to see from this movie and one of them i remember was galvatron were you happy to see that they returned to that in this one or <laughs> wait galvatron or or uh what's what's uh i think that's what you're talking about i can't remember i no but like... how did
2: galvatron come back in this movie
1: or maybe I'm maybe I'm just messing up the names. I don't know. This isn't my franchise.
0: <laughs> as far as mine.
1: You're right.
2: I mean, Megatron certainly comes back. I'm not exactly sure where he was or what transpired.
1: No, it wasn't Galvatron. Uh, uh, Unicron. There you go.
0: <laughs> oh, yes. Big uh, difference. So they did the... <sighs> so... Now,
1: see, this is
2: where I thought there was going to be trouble.
1: With this little robot? This
0: little, uh...
2: No, with the mention of Unicron.
0: Oh oh. Hmm. <laughs> uh so Ed 209s, by the way. Don't worry, I'm not redirecting. Um and yeah, we earlier just saw BB nine, uh as I'm calling him, and there's Ray. Um so it is so funny that these writers decide to pull from another and, and again that's I, I know they're they're that's a that's a way of Transformers is I think most of the stuff is like either pulled from TV shows or comic books. But it is so funny that of all the things they go to, they go to Transformers Prime, which was like the head writers of that show were Orsi and Kurtzman. And they came up with Earth is Unicron. So we circle all the way back from like Transformers like one oh seven back to like last night with Orsi and Kurtzman. Even though they're not like in the story, so I think that's pretty funny.
1: Yeah, And are you happy to see they they followed up on that here or
0: or now? Um. So right off the bat, this movie needed to be two movies because that doesn't mean to like cut the runtime. I mean, I guess it can, but I think they have so much like story that I think they needed to split it into two movies. <laughs> Oh God, no, I definitely
1: disagree there. I, I feel like most of these movies have had very little story and they just pack them full of convoluted bullshit action just to stretch them along. This one, I feel like they actually trimmed down the action to fit in more story. And it does feel like a lot. It feels like it's, it's it never really lets up with the constant story movement. But that's a big improvement over very little story stretched with action.
2: Yes, I noticed that for the first time watching it in preparation for this because this watching it in preparation for this is only the third time i've ever watched the movie ever and i actually understood it for the first time because i think i maybe fell asleep the first time and i just wasn't paying attention the second time fully that i actually followed the whole story now and now that i did if we just talk about the michael bay transform movies this has the most consistent story and follow through Absolutely. Of, of the Michael Bays. Because the previous ones, they would set something up, but it would just it it would always be a red herring. Um in all the other and, and it would just be dropped and forgotten and yes. don't even care. <laughs> um or like or just things that made no sense, like in the second one, like the different things that were leading them to the next thing were just all yep. completely random and concocted out of thin air.
1: Or Age of Extinction, where they just they just throw in this random side trail with Megatron for like half an hour. Just completely detracts from the plot of the actual movie. And It's just wasting screen time. Yeah, this one it, it actually feels like they keep the story moving the whole way through. There's no long side tangents or endless action. That's Well, except not.
2: for what we're watching right now.
1: Except for her. Yes, she's the one.
2: In the in the grand scheme of things, this is this, this has nothing to do with the primary story. It's just a way to get us into how the world has changed since the last movie.
1: Yeah. This is, yeah. Just setting up the world building since everything's changed. So dramatically.
2: yes, but it, yeah. Oh, I guess there's a little bit, cause this is how, I mean, yeah. what are the odds that our hero from the previous adventure is the one who comes across this ancient um, Cybertronian who be- bequeaths him this amazing um, medallion or whatever. That that's 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 serious luck, but that's fine. I mean, it's yeah. that, not a complaint. It's just... Yeah,
1: I always I always try to give a a buffer for like the first ten minutes for them to set up their concept, even if their concept is ridiculous. I'm still like, okay, I, I'll just just give it to me and lay out what this is gonna be and give me some rules to follow. I'm willing to go with it.
2: But they also they also set up something they shouldn't, which is they make you think she's gonna be integral to the movie. This new character. They make her almost seem like she's going to be like the new Sam Witwicky or something, even though Wahlberg is there.
1: Yeah, and I get the sense that they were planning to use her more going forward in new movies because they introduce her here. She plays a little bit more of a role later in the movie, but she disappears for most of it. So, yeah, I I get the sense she's a setup character.
2: Oh, maybe she was the proto (laughs) Haley Steinfeld.
1: Yeah, this actress, I know I've seen her in a couple things after this, but I I'm, I'm not sure where she's where she's gone now. Well,
2: she was in a certain live action.
1: Yes. Dora the
2: Explorer.
1: <laughs> yeah, which I saw. Oh boy.
2: I actually kind of wanted to see it. I still may one day, but I haven't yet.
1: It's fine. It's 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 about what you expect it to be, I think. <laughs> But I'm happy to see uh, that they've kind of ditched his family. I thought the family worked okay in that last movie. But I think it works a lot better with this setup for him. Removed from that, that situation and just kind of focused on saving the Transformers. And yeah, I think that, that works better. And I like this whole situation of humans basically in like in like a subtle war with the Transformers overall. It's no longer working with the Autobots. It's like all of them are off the off the table.
2: Yeah, except I don't know how good of a strategy it is. Like in, in a global sense, um, no. It seems like an idiotic idea.
1: Agreed. It's the, <laughs> the xenophobes. They're just, they're just using the fear from the previous battles to yeah bring everyone bring everyone else to their side, even though they're their sides based on stupidity in a lot of ways and just ignorance so there's some more commentary there about uh, some potential right-wing uh fears pushing towards uh disastrous results so it's interesting that michael bay two movies in a row now has been pushing against certain right-wing uh lines with foreign policy and things like that
2: well that seems like a whole other thing to to unwrap because cause that sounds like I don't know, that I don't even I can't even wrap my brain around that.
1: Cause, oh how come? <laughs> 'Cause
2: it's it sounds like a like what you're describing sounds like what the right would look like from a left point of view but not from a middle or right point of view. So it's it's like a a straw man, boogeyman version.
1: No, no, not at all. I think both this film and the last film have had a strong influence from the way that the Bush administration reacted to uh, 9-11 with their war on terror. I feel like there's a very strong allegory there with the, how they treat the transporter.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, that, that, okay. I could, I, I could see that. But to call it what you called it that, I I couldn't call it that.
1: What else would you call it?
2: (laughs) No, I would call it how you just described it right now. Because if you don't describe it that way, I have no idea what you're talking about. But once you put it that way, then, okay, that's different. That's more precise. That's understandable. But it it was too nebulous.
1: Yeah, there's, and there's always been that, there's always been that strong vein of, uh, kind of right-wing war hawks who any chance of fear that they have they grip onto it to try to terrify the populace to agree with their often terrible foreign policy choices so so the bush administration is the most recent example i would think but Uh,
2: people people some people make the argument that ukraine is the most recent example except that's fair except by left-wing in in this situation
1: biden's not a left-winger biden's always been a right-winger just dressed up in democrat clothing but that's that's also a very different conversation
2: so now we've completely derailed it
1: um, the movie commentary <laughs> that
2: is um so you know there's some cool things here maybe i mean like bumblebee right now mm. is doing like this whole iron iron man i don't know if it was two or three where he started getting these crazy iron man suit abilities
1: yeah, I was curious what you guys were going to think of this. Because I don't think we've seen a Transformer do no. this in these movies yet.
2: I mean, conceptually, it's it's great. It's interesting. But I'm just thinking about how I felt when I saw this movie the first time. Which was... I... I didn't hate it. Because, you know, I, I, almost, I almost bleed Energon. But... But I was... I was... Extremely apathetic, um, checked out. Uh, experiencing this movie in the theater compared to all the other live-action Transformer movies. Um, so I, I wasn't angry at it. I wasn't upset about it. But I was just—I felt like I was just sitting there in the theater to to pay homage, but not necessarily to enjoy myself or to feel engaged. And it and it, it was just—it was everything was just kind of just happening um, in front of me. But kind of like some of the Fast and Furious movies, because there's some I like and some I don't care for as much. I just feel like I was just there, but not really into it. And, and not just the scene. I mean, like, generally the whole
1: movie. Yeah, and I'm curious, Isaac, since, you know, you didn't see this at the theater, you come to it for the first time. Yeah, what, what are you thinking? First time? Yeah, this, he, he's seen it prior to this, but, you know, oh. watch it like today or...
0: Something. Yeah, don't worry, don't worry. This is not a blind commentary. Wow.
2: No, but I mean like I thought it like first time meaning like in the last week or something. Well,
1: yes, last week.
2: Okay, that's what I was reacting to. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, I'm just curious, uh yeah, having so much distance from this now, coming to it fresh, sort of. <laughs> yeah, what, what were you thinking with, with some of this stuff early on here with the very different world from what we've seen previously and you know, all that stuff? <laughs>
0: sorry i just saw punish yeah <laughs> um well i guess they brought i'm glad they brought back barricade because i don't i think he survived or did he die in oh seven i can't remember now anyway sorry sorry uh that's getting off the point we have both the general guy i forget you know our, our old bud and then we also have lennox again which is uh i guess nice to see again you yeah. know you know as caleb would say he's not a character like there's no character to him, and he's right, like remember you know he had a daughter, he had a wife, and uh doesn't have <laughs> that's it's just pretty much been forgotten uh Megatron's design looks i mean they gave him his like his arm cannon, which is I guess nice, but um, it is a different design, and same with barricades, yeah,
2: yeah, but it's it's also the original voice, which I never knew until today that they brought back the original Megatron voice. And I noticed it this time. No, well, after I knew I noticed it.
0: <laughs> oh, I thought you were talking about uh barricades voice. Cause yeah, it's the same one from the first one, but anyways,
2: no, no, not barricade Megatron. It's the OG voice.
0: Well, yeah. Frank was doing like, was Megatron in the last film? Was he in the last one? Oh, that's what that is. Okay. Um, uh, what's, what's what? So, Cybertron is doing the the solar sail thing that uh Count Dooku ship did in episode Two. Oh, that's why they have the okay no that makes sense it's it's they're 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 it's it's traveling by solar winds okay that's actually probably impossible but like you know it's it's science fiction it's fine
1: yeah and how do we feel about them returning to to Cybertron here I thought this was an interesting choice And I also think that this villain here is much more interesting than most of what we've seen before. Really? Yeah. I'm very curious about her, what her past is. Even though we don't really go much into it. <laughs> exactly, yeah. The other ones, we kind of did see their past, and like, especially The Fallen.
0: That just felt so convoluted and uninteresting. I mean, yeah, by this point I was questioning, like, is okay pardon me i don't want to obviously like you know rewrite or like but i'm just trying to like bring all the timelines together is like is she related to the 13 prime i kept questioning like the 13 primes those were a thing back in in revenge of the fallen i know, I know you hate that film but I'm, yeah. I'm at least like counting the continuity with transformers wise um and you're asking if she's part of the primes No, does she have any connection to the Primes? Is she, like, a Quintesson? I know she's Quintessa, but, like, is she a Quintesson? And are they going with that instead of, like, Cybertron being Primus and Primus being the original creators or the creator of uh, the Transformers? But, again, adaptation. Sorry, I'm just just trying to wrap my brain around all this.
2: I'm just going to say she's related to the Quintessons and they created the Transformers. I'm just going to keep it simple like that
1: yeah she does say that she created them, and I just kinda wonder, okay, what her role was after she created them
0: yeah you're talking in this uh universe, correct eric well she says in this
1: movie, yeah,
2: I'm saying i'm I'm just gonna assume that
1: I mean she does say it,
2: yeah, she does say it, but i'm gonna but I'm also extending it to. Even though these movies are s- certainly not the same continuity as, as, as G1, I still have to use that as my frame of knowledge. Um, so I'm going to just connect her up with that, which is the quintessence. The quintess- are they quintessence or quintessence?
0: Quintessence.
2: Anyway, they create the Transformers. So I'm just going to go with that and, until... until
0: <laughs> the movies contradict themselves.
2: Until, yeah, until told otherwise i'll just go with that
0: no that's fair yeah i i I, don't worry i'm not disagreeing that i'm just like you i'm going off of like what i already have prior knowledge in. but again i shouldn't be bringing that prior knowledge to this because they are establishing their own rules of the universe by the way this is funny i said when i was watching this i was like or the first time i was like i kind of want to see michael bay do like a do do a polo movie because i don't think we've ever like i don't think i've ever seen like a legit polo movie and he shot it very well, so like... I don't
2: know anyone would ever have that thought.
1: <laughs> By the way, uh, I think this actress and this character is easily the best of all the female characters we've had in these Transformers movies. I think she's the first one that actually feels like a real character and has a, a part to play in the plot, not just a piece of eye candy to stand next to our heroes. So that's a big improvement for me,
2: in terms of what you say. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I agree with that. Um, I, I still like some of the I candy better, uh, for other reasons. But um
1: Yeah, I'm talking about writing though. <laughs> writing wise.
2: Yeah, 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 I know, I know. But in terms of writing, you're not wrong.
1: Yeah, I think that's why I find I find it so much easier to watch this one compared to all the other ones, is this one feels much closer to a real movie. It doesn't just feel like kind of a big Cutscene, or in a video game or like a like a music video string together with a plot which what those, those those other ones do feel like that to me like it's they're barely proper movies in some ways
2: oh i think what i was thinking about this character the reason why i'm not fully in love with her um even though what you said is true it still boils down to the only reason she has a part to play in the story um is just literally because of her lineage. And I know that is a thing in other movies and that's okay. And I'm not saying that makes me hate her character. I'm just saying though, it's why I'm not over the moon about it either.
1: Isn't that Luke?
2: Yeah, you're right. Exactly. That's, and that's why yeah, i you know, but that's what I'm saying. Um, it, it's so it's not a negative, but it's not a, it, but it's also not a positive on the character for me, which is why she's still like, she's fine.
1: But Yeah, but it's not about the, the introduction to the plot, it's what she, she does with it. And I think that they they do a good job showing that she she is someone who's competent and can come in and I mean if you think about it, Cade Yeager too, the only reason that he's involved in this plot is because he happens to come across that thing that latches onto him and chooses him as the last knight. So they both kind of have that yeah, kind of wavery introduction into the plot.
0: This is where I was questioning if the twelve knights are the thirteen primes uh as as if like after the fallen um i guess uh how could that be well that's what I was thinking I was <laughs> like I, I just mean in this universe I wasn't like you know i was I was just like are is it are they the same like after the fallen um abandoned the group and went to like you know put the star harvesters on earth um did they become the knights or are the knights completely separate from the primes well
2: Another reason it'd be difficult just in this universe is because if those guys were around since the dark ages then that would mean that Prime Optimus Prime was Optimus Prime like since then which would be another thing like too hard to wrap my mind around that he's been like the sole leader of the Autobots for 1400 years
0: well, I mean, remember back in Oh wait, I
2: did my math I did my math wrong, but <laughs> a thousand years.
0: Just remember, uh, Eric, like I know again, this isn't the same movie, but remember in G one, Optimus Prime was the leader of the Autobots for sixty-five million years. True. Oh my gosh. Yes, but <laughs> This is when they were in stasis Eric. What
2: sixty-four point nine 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 of those million years were in hibernation.
0: This is true. They were all in a coma. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but still
2: now this is this is an old bayism and that's a th- that's another thing this movie is certainly not as a, as offensive um with little bits and scenes and characters as yes. most of the other bay transform movies were but it still has bayisms even if they're not as offensive yeah um it's like it's it's weird like i don't even know if i should That'd be the wrong verbiage. But like the, the character, the chief or whatever he was.
0: Policing officer. Yeah,
2: and I meant police chief. I didn't mean like Yeah. No, yeah, he's yeah. a police chief. I <laughs> didn't mean like big chief. But um like these characters who come in who now, if you've already watched a Bay movie, you're not gonna fall for this. But if you're like new to Bay movies or you didn't know who Michael Bay was making these movies, you would think, oh, this is gonna be another recurring character, you know, that they're establishing in this movie um <laughs> nope 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 this is a michael bay movie and even though it's a known character actor who you recognize yeah don't think that they're actually going to be in the movie um or i mean he has like what one other scene quickly later yeah and yeah this is such a weird michael bay thing
1: and they're even introducing the the character that they always have in these movies like the secondary comedy relief to the lead this one's a lot more played down, but he also just is introduced to show up for I don't know like half an hour and then he also just leaves the movie.
2: Yes, also weird with this character, but and I, maybe I'm in the minority in this. Um not necessarily in the room, but at large, but uh I I still miss me some TJ Miller in the previous movie. Yeah. Uh, I <laughs> no. His comedy relief actually worked for me in the previous movie. Whereas this guy's comedy relief, no fault to the actor, largely doesn't work at all for me. Like this character, and again, it's not really it's not the actor's fault. It's just I'm sure what was asked of him to do. He just feels like a caricature of this type of character, not just in Transformers, but in anything.
0: The character type,
2: yeah, like from Big Bang Theory. This guy could have been like a like a fifth roommate or something.
1: Yeah, what's weird though is it feels like Michael Bay wanted to sap out a lot of the humor just in general, and so this guy, he just comes across more as whiny. He rarely has any like actual joke lines. It, it, the the humor comes from him just bitching all the time at Cade, which I don't think is very funny. So, <laughs> yeah, it's it's there's there's a lot of odd vibes in this one, and I think even though they're odd, they still work better than what those previous ones were, but I'm not really sure what Michael Bay was going for here with a lot of this.
2: I I know you almost feel like they set out to make one movie and then they completely changed course. It it reminds me of like hearing about those recent star Wars movies where a different director came in and like completely reshot like the third act or something. You would almost (laughs) think that this movie was started by a different creator and then someone else picked it up and finished it. And added their own stink to it.
1: Is this Day Trader? I'm assuming this is a a real character.
2: Not that I'm aware. Oh, I only know G1. And certainly not G1.
0: Am I allowed to actually talk? Okay, Uh, no. (laughs) Oh, what the... (laughs) I mean, okay, you know what? No, asterisks on that don't know but as far as i'm aware i don't recognize him i wonder if him and hound are related in some way just because they like that's that's probably not true but like they both kind of have similar looking faces and they also have like the beard that's beardist. <laughs> there you go and <laughs> and but Isaac, did you have did you have some stuff that you want to
1: say that maybe we were talking over you
0: i don't think so i think right now seeing it a second time i feel like there's a lot of like there's a lot of con- not conf- i don't want to say conflicting ideas but uh uh converging ideas there we go where there's there the, the it almost need it's like the script needed to like one more rewrite potentially where there's like again different writers have brought in ideas to the table and they keep like i guess they don't all connect properly potentially um i'm not saying this character doesn't i'm just saying like maybe later on I'll point out where it's just like ah eh, you may have been able to trim that out and we could have like had less of a movie but Oh uh, yeah, we would have had less time with the movie. I, I think the only thing I want to say is these two characters, Isabella and if his name is Jim, well Jim. Uh, they, for some reason, even though I didn't see it, they remind me of the uh, those two characters from uh, Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom, for some reason, like those those two newbies. But I, I don't know what the those those characters yeah. were in the other film.
2: I could see that. Yeah, I mean, and actually, I was going to bring up that franchise earlier, just saying like that's kind of the direction they started going with the, with the second one. Uh, I can't remember the yep. name of the second one. Was that Dominion? Um, yeah, it,
1: Fallen Kingdom.
2: Fallen Kingdom. Same here, I forgot about that. Like, th- like this this movie. Well, actually, this movie preceded it. But this movie is like going in the same direction as like Fallen Kingdom, which is it's like it's like um, Planet of the Apes, but it'd be like the early stages, like when when human society is starting to fall, or like Mad Max, where it's like the beginning of the post apocalyptic world um like you could see the world edging into like a new world order where humans are no longer the apex species on the planet um and that kind of seems like what they were going for especially with the setup in chicago in this movie
1: yeah which i think is is an interesting touch it it does make it feel like this is less just the transformers existing in the regular human, human world it does feel like them being there is completely reshaping the world which i think makes it yeah, have a more distinct vibe.
2: Yeah, so apparently, you know, according to this universe's rules, you know, the Transformers have been around for virtually all of humankind, but they've always yeah. been covertly mm-hmm. around. They've always been myths and legends. And it wasn't until now that it like like there's no there's no more robots in disguise. They're just robots in your face and and like all the cards on the table now at this point in human history. Oh my God. I used to have that exact magnet 30, 35 years ago, the exact orange Texas magnet, the the exact same one. (laughs) I didn't know they still made those.
0: Oh, that's funny. Cool.
2: Holy crap. I just noticed it for the first time
0: now. I didn't. (laughs) Where, where are they? By the way, that's my question. Where is this? They're
2: supposed they're, uh, do they say in the movie, but it's it's arizona i don't
0: think they did because
2: but i don't know if they actually said it
0: i'm sorry we went from chicago to arizona yes I mean, yes
2: we did yes we did
0: if there's one thing i at least understand is ge- geography and arizona chicago is not exactly a quick uh, ride away. yes a quick drive away
1: This has been years later hasn't it or at least a year or two
2: i didn't what
1: oh are you do you mean earlier in this movie
2: <laughs> yes earlier in the, yeah chicago the opening scene not chicago uh-huh. the battle of chicago yeah, no, no, yeah,
1: yeah i thought you were talking about the last movie i was like
0: what <laughs> yeah sorry no I no no
2: the look. opening scene i was like years have passed what
0: <laughs> i guess if i can give a positive this movie does and the writers do try to like bring back a lot of stuff from like the first like, you know, first movie, second movie, third movie. Like, they they actually do try to bring a lot of stuff in from, like, the previous film. So, I got to give, like, a thumbs up to that. It's just like, all right, that's good that you're, like, remembering what came before. That
2: is true. But I, I also made me wonder, because Michael Bay, I think he was saying this was going to be his last Transformers, like, since the third one. I think he was saying that. Yeah. Um, but maybe somehow they really, truly knew, or he really, truly knew that this would be his last. Because um, it almost feels like that. Like, I'm almost surprised there wasn't a montage at the end that showed, like, little flashbacks to the previous four movies.
0: That's a good point. Except for, like, we get a photograph of somebody from the previous movies.
2: Right. But, like you said, bringing back some of the legacy characters to the film universe.
0: I mean, we have one legacy character right here.
1: Yeah, which I don't know why they wanted to bring him back. I guess he's just friends with Michael Bay and they thought it'd be nice to have him return, but.
0: And like I said before, we also had Josh Demel come back as well. So again, they're they're, they're like bringing almost everybody back. Yeah, where's Tyrese?
2: I uh, yeah, where is Tyrese? I didn't notice his absence. And actually, <laughs> I, I've never liked the tutorial character, uh, but yet I was happy to see him the first time I watched this. And I go, oh, it's that idiot. Now, <laughs> I think this is a weird casting choice.
1: It is very strange.
2: Like, it's so playing against type for what he usually, like he's playing the straight man, um, which is usually not I I forget the actor's name. Um, it's so weird. Cause the
0: guy, yeah. the guy in the glasses or yes. yes. Okay. Yeah.
1: From Arrested Development. Yes. Now I have to assume that that was his choice because Michael Bay, I think I commented in the last one, unlike most directors who they're like, Oh, we have a small but pivotal role. Let's just cast kind of a character actor that people know and like, Kind of brings some gravitas. Michael Bay does the opposite. He brings in comedians for those roles. (laughs) And so he must have brought this guy in thinking he'd be funny. And then he was like, oh, no, I I want to try to be serious for this one. And because it is fitting in the type. He just never, never tries to be funny at all.
2: Yeah, it's so weird seeing him play like a straight character, so to speak. Because he doesn't, he never even talks like that. Like his natural voice in anything else I've seen him in.
1: Yeah, that's one of the only times where it's like, oh yeah, this he feels like a completely different guy here, not doing his usual bit. Oh, the bad tan on Mark Wahlberg's arms there. Oh my gosh, the tan lines.
2: Yeah, this <laughs> Massachusetts guy is not made for the the sun belt. His Celtic blood is frying.
0: Could you were you convinced Eric as a native Texan that um, Mark Wahlberg played a Texan last film, and I guess is like you know does does he? come off as being a texan
2: he doesn't come across as like a natural born texan but i could certainly believe him as someone like his his family migrated to texas when he was young and he got adopted by the state that totally makes sense for his character but but not born and bred
0: I a slight clearer thing of whether or not Trump was going to show up, not show up, but be mentioned in this film only because in the previous films, remember in 07, we had Bush in there. And then in like Revenge of the Fallen, and I think it was maybe not the other two, but Obama was kind of mentioned. So I was like, oh, they're going to like, is Trump going to be mentioned? But he wasn't. <laughs> I'm glad.
2: Uh, they should have got John Voigt back for for third term in in the movie universe. I was
0: wondering where he was. Yeah, Caleb's favorite guy, John John I
2: Love him in the first.
0: Oh my gosh.
2: Speaking of speaking of bringing gravitas, like the first movie that was John Voigt. Uh,
0: I'm sorry, Caleb. I interrupted
1: you. You gotta. You, you may speak. <laughs> I was just gonna say. I'm glad that they brought this guy back to, to finally give him a role. Like it actually makes sense that he's here because he still believes in the Transformers. He worked with them in the past, and it gives him a chance to have a, a character role that isn't just him showing up to deliver lines from a familiar face like they did the last time he showed up. I agree. This time he's conflicted. He doesn't know where his role is in this new government, and he's trying to return to the old ways. So they, they actually have something for him this time. I think I think he does a good job.
2: And and speaking as, as someone who used to work at the Pentagon and they're supposed to be in the Pentagon right there. There is no possible structure that could possibly exist within the Pentagon that looks like this.
0: Are you allowed to say that by the way? Are you under contract to be able to say that or or what?
2: this is nothing top secret. There's it's 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 mm-hmm. impossible. I
0: kind of assumed it wasn't actually the Pentagon. I, I assumed it was like, uh, oh, it's probably like a sub basement that never existed, but of of course, like a secret room. Oh,
1: there's definitely a there's there's definitely a basement. It's just just, just to interrupt you guys, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I was very curious about this stuff. Since they take the time to actually name these these guys who really don't have any role, are these like big Transformers that they're giving little cameos for? These, these baddies that Megatron's trying to free up to work with the government? Eric, you first.
2: No, as far as I know, these are like novel creations for the movie.
0: As far as I'm aware, Caleb, this... These are all like OGs. Like these are all like original characters as far as I'm aware. Wow. Um and this is where I was saying like I don't I think you could have cut this part out of the movie like because Yeah, that shocks me then. Yeah, they could have.
2: No, but what <laughs> I think is weird about this is not this like little intro sequence. I'm actually okay with that part. What's weird to me is that this is like a little micro movie, another micro movie within the movie. Mm-hmm. which is like this weird Transformer Suicide Squad. So this reminds me of, for some reason, paying homage to the first Suicide Squad movie.
0: Only a year later, yeah. like like before. This
2: reminds me of that trailer in like, I don't even know the names of the Suicide... Deadeye, you know? Dead, like Deadshot. Deadshot, there you go.
0: Killer Croc. Harley
2: Quinn. This is like a, the trailer for for Suicide Squad being inserted into the Transformer movie.
0: El Diablo. See exactly. Enchantress.
1: I was convinced that those must be like beloved Transformers. And that's why they took the time to give them that spotlight. But no, I, that's, that's just weird then.
2: <laughs> but just that technique of like naming and whatever and putting You know, yeah. you guys know how that's more common, like in anime and, and Japanese productions? Yeah. I feel like I've been seeing the trend slowly sneak its way into Western productions. Um, just a little bit here and there. Uh, yeah,
1: usually lower budget stuff. They've been doing that for like 15 years now in the low budget realm.
2: This scene just seems really uncomfortable to me. Just, I know it's cool to like cuddle with like puppies and little dogs and stuff. I mean, like in real life. But the fact that they're all like hard and sharp metal <laughs> that seems like it'd be incredibly uncomfortable, like to try to sleep with or snuggle with. Agreed. You'd probably cut yourself. You need to get a tetanus shot before.
1: You know, sir. I think I like this Megatron better. The look of him, I like the little splash of red in his face. He, I don't know. They're... And he's not as busy. I like the fact that almost all these Transformers are a lot less.
2: I think generally the bodies the physical bodies of the transformers are better across the board in this movie but i still don't like the faces even though they've yeah they've improved a little bit but but they also got a weird direction especially the newer characters since the previous one and and the newer characters in this one the, the ones that look more humanoid all have like weirdly evil faces
1: yeah yeah i agree
2: even if they're good guys they have like weirdly evil faces and i don't i don't get it
1: yeah, the 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 Japanese warrior one. At least I'm assuming that's what it's meant to be. That one just looks very strange and sinister. Yeah, yeah, I just don't know that choice. <laughs> but I kind of like, like their. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was
2: gonna say it's like tank, taking one of those. Are they called terracotta warriors? Except making them to like a killer terminator and like mashing those two concepts together.
1: Oh, but I kind of like their little dynamic here. They can both relate on that inventor level. I, I wish they would have done more with her in this movie. Oh,
2: no, they're, they're cool. But they just should have had more, or at least that's the way it made it seem.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and maybe there just wasn't any room for her. She probably would have turned into comic relief if they kept her during the more plotty bits later in the movie, but... And maybe that's a shame that we didn't get more in like a sequel. I mean, I'm not I'm definitely not asking for any more Michael Bay Transformers movies, but but maybe they could have continued with these these two.
2: Well, they still can because <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. As far as we know, this is the most recent entry into the the timeline of this universe. So, it's the world's still wide open.
1: Yeah, and I definitely much prefer him as the leader of the, the human uh, Transformers than uh, Shia LaBeouf. I think the fact that he's an inventor, which they only loosely explored in the last movie, I feel like him being a helper to the Transformers, fixing them up when they're you know beat, broken down, I think that dynamic works a lot better. More of an assistant character to them. It is weird saying that because so much of this movie is all about the humans' plot and how they relate to Transformer history. We actually get a lot less Transformer like action and them being in Transformer form than we do in any other uh, movies. Yes. Yes. They still make it work weirdly.
2: (laughs) Yes. I noticed that because, you know, I I made the comparison before that I, to me, the the Transformers live actions are like an American version of Kaiju movies. Um, Mm -hmm. And this would be like one of the Godzilla movies where there's like tons of the human bits and very relatively little Kaiju action. Yeah, for the franchise.
1: Yeah, and thankfully, I think they keep it interesting enough that I don't mind. I, I'm enjoying the the plot more than the action, so, so I can get on board with it there.
2: Yeah, now I've completely ignored the old trope of the uh, homing device. Uh, it, okay. gen- generally, I hate it in, hey. in lame action or even in good action movies or or, or espionage whatever i'm because i'm in fast and furious mode frame of mind I'm just gonna let it slide The stupid
0: oh there's some red under him okay that makes sense hey i was just i was talking about drift is that his name whatever kent wananabe's uh his whatever his uh car's name is or his uh, sorry his autobots name is Oh, I actually
1: don't know. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Hound, I think, is the only one of the new guys that I know.
0: Uh, The red on the side of... Day Trader. Oh, yeah. Day Trader. Yeah. The red on Megatron's uh, face, by the way, Caleb, is to um, show that he has influence or he's being influenced by Quintessa. Oh, I didn't realize. Hmm. Yeah, there you go. See, he's, cause I know somebody was making a claim of like, why is Drift black when he's clearly all red? Because he switched from being blue in the last film to now red.
1: Oh, by the way, Eric, I'm I'm shocked at this point that we haven't mentioned uh, a returning Palavars uh, or maybe Pal, sort of Pal.
2: <laughs> oh yes, we were distracted. I was going to bring it up, but we were talking about politics earlier. When I was going to bring yeah. it
1: up, <laughs> yeah, with Captain Rios.
2: Captain Rios.
1: I had no idea that he was in this.
2: <laughs> I, well, of course, I didn't know who he was before when I watched the movie. But now that we know Captain Rios, I cannot think of him as anything but. Um. So, yeah, Captain Rios. Yeah, nice. I,
1: I had a smile to see him, even though I don't love that character. I was
0: still like, oh. Yeah, you're.
2: I absolutely <laughs> felt the same as what you just said.
0: Oh, there's the other Dino. Okay, I was wondering where he was because they're only like. I They only showed Grimlock, but I, I assume like the other Dinobots were somewhere near there. I thought, literally thought that was Grimlock, but it's. Uh, oh, I forget their names. Snarl and Hoop. But yeah, I thought. Uh, yeah, I thought you guys were. I was wondering if that was Captain Rios, and it sounded like you guys thought he's the best character in Picard.
2: I I didn't even know you were watching that stuff, or you were familiar with those characters.
0: SF SF debris. SF Debris. That's uh and I guess also um Oh red right. no, what was I watching? Yeah, I was watching the red letter media um discussions on on them.
2: But I was thinking him being in this movie might be the reason that he was ultimately cast for Picard.
0: Paramount. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, Star Trek is in Paramount, so
2: well it's not just Paramount. Uh it's one of the executive producers of this movie, um, Akiva Goldsman.
1: Oh my god, Goldsman's on this. Oh my god. You didn't see that? <laughs>
2: He's one of the executive producers, and...
0: Oh, Caleb, like, now, oh, no, now, okay, well, uh... I'm gonna rip this movie a new one, then.
1: No, no, it's still one of the more
0: competent things he's had his name on. No, 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 no. Wait, How dare he make a prequel to Legend of the Sword and say that this is an original movie? (laughs) That was one of the examples
1: I was gonna pull out. He, He did a good job. Uh, producing and I think actually writing. Yeah, that
0: movie, King Arthur: Legend of the Sword. I actually don't know anything about Goldsmith. So, or keeping, yeah, keeping Goldsmith. Goldsmith, so like Goldsmith. Thank you. So, I'd,
2: I'd heard his name. I didn't realize how much he did in the new, the current Star Trek universe. Oh. Um, I he's one of the co-creators of Strange New Worlds, which I love. And I didn't realize he wasn't just a producer. I didn't know until today. That he's written and directed episodes of Discovery, Picard, and Strange New Worlds. I didn't know that that was part of his like expertise, writing and directing as well.
1: And let's not forget, killed the Batman franchise back in the, the 90s with his terrible work with uh, Forever End.
2: Wait, he made Batman Forever, right?
1: Yeah, Forever End. Yeah, Batman and Robin. Well, I, I guess he only had a nominal role with Batman and Robin, but Batman
2: Forever was wildly popular at the time.
1: Still a terrible movie. I loved it when I was a kid. Doesn't make it any better.
2: Yeah, it's a terrible <laughs> movie now, but it was it, it gets points for being wildly popular.
1: And I remember even as a kid watching the behind the scenes on my my uh, I think it was my VHS even, <laughs> and he would talk about all of the pathos in his script. And this one's really about Batman's character. even as a as a kid, I was like. Mm, this isn't really about Batman Batman's character. This is like a, a cartoon movie. So even then I thought he was full of shit, but
2: this town that they that we're in right now blows my mind. Um because it's like a relative ghost town, tiny town like in parts. But then literally two blocks over, it's like a metropolitan downtown. It's completely insane. Did y'all notice that?
0: Yeah, I had a I had a problem with that. It was like, this is quite the like big ghost town, and yet there was that one guy like, you know, just sitting like near the shop. And uh, maybe maybe just cuz of fact that I lived in a town
1: where they had that. You can go from a a very populous place to just complete dead end nothing. Yeah, just a few blocks away. So, <laughs> this didn't seem to surprise me. Well,
2: that 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 used to exist like in where I live right now in the city I live in right now. But the way this looks, though, is on a different level of small town buttressed up against small metropolis. Um, and you notice in, in the opening shot when they came to this town in the movie, you had the, the real small town right there, and obvi- obviously they had to CGI in the downtown right on the horizon because um, <laughs> there's 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 no way this could exist outside of a Sim City. Um, simulator (laughs) it's so insane
1: and i will say uh this is actually my least least favorite action scene in the movie i think these drones are pretty generic and we get more of the comedy relief stuff here um i I still don't mind the setting i think that's kind of cool but this is one of the lower points of the movie i think
2: oh conceptually the setting is cool it's just realistically insane um is no one gonna mention because it's it's too it's too in your face the damn star wars like i it's it's still confusing me why we have a star wars homage
0: i would have beaten that to you but obviously you were talking so yeah it's funny how disney hasn't sued even though i, I guess they technically owed the tie advance um well, i guess they own the design i don't, I don't really know but like it's funny how the drones basically are tie advanced. oh it's
2: almost too much
0: minus a little mini gun underneath that's interesting i didn't even think about that didn't think about
2: that
1: what
0: yeah
2: <laughs> when they first launched them i think like everyone in the theater was like
0: now hold hold on eric hold on i'll I'll defend Caleb. caleb's a star wars fan so he, obviously he wouldn't go to that
2: well no yeah, you don't have to uh, be a star wars uh, fan
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i guess that's fair hey i'm 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 hey i'm defending you dude you're not a fan of star wars so it's like it's it's fine yeah, but I'm a fan
1: of the ones that would have that. But yeah, I don't. It's not like I watch them all that often. And yeah, you're you're that's right.
2: No, but there are people who have literally never watched an entire Star Wars movie, who still know what a Tie Fighter, even if they don't know they're called Tie Fighters. They know they're a Star Wars thing. If it's an them.
0: instantly recognizable design. Yes, like that transcends like yes. pop culture. Yes. Yeah,
1: and and maybe I'm just yeah just not thinking about anything besides yeah, just focusing on this, this movie. So, (laughs) because usually I do pick up those references pretty easily, but yeah, definitely not for this. And I, I will say, even though I mentioned that this guy is rarely ever funny and the humor comes from him being like kind of bitchy or whiny to uh, Kate here. I think during this whole action scene is, is the worst of his stuff with that. And yeah, it's, it's, it's not charming. It's not funny. It's just, Filling screen time and not not in the best way
2: see this right here this abandoned i don't know if it's an art deco hotel or uh, old business building office building but the fact that this would exist like
0: 200 meters away from that ghost town is so insane and yet if it's abandoned it still has power to it that's kind of interesting anyway
1: yeah, it's co- I. I At first, I thought that this was like a Transformer elevator, that it wasn't even a real elevator. Wow. And I was surprised that it wasn't. <laughs> I
2: always wonder, why is he so diminutive in stature?
0: Cogman. Oh, Cogman? Uh, he's a minicon, I suppose. I don't really know.
2: I, I would love that if someone would say that.
0: <laughs> yeah, and
1: are they doing that weird uh, sped up thing again? Because whenever we see him, it almost feels like he's working. Moving at a different motion or a different speed of motion than everyone else, it's kind of weird.
0: I I have no answer. <laughs> Sorry, man. You know now
1: this with him flying around on that thing, he was making me think of Attack of the Clones. Now that you mentioned Star Wars, when Obi Wan jumped out the window and was hanging on that thing. <laughs> hey, guess what? I didn't think of that.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, And now that I didn't think of. See, here, you, there you go. You're right about that.
1: See, watch how Cogman moves. It just it feels like his, his like he's weirdly speeded up.
2: Yeah, but. There's a lot of things about Cogman that are just weird, though, in general. Yeah. How did that
0: drone not hit him? Oh, wait. Movie logic. Right.
1: Well, it was that thing. We he, we saw that it protected him.
0: Which I'm like, wait. Is that? It's like turning him into a transport? No, it's just like moving around his body. Okay, never mind. there gone. Yeah. And those gymnastics classes
2: really paid off for the character.
1: <laughs> and here I was looking at the bowling. I was
0: like, man, I wish I could go bowling tonight. It's been a while. He rolled good on his uh, agility check.
2: Oh my gosh. Now, the fact that he just pulled a Legolas, like, that's almost too much.
0: Dude, he just rolled uh, really good on his agility
1: check.
2: What are you talking about?
1: Oh, maybe I'm not in the same place as you. Where, where are you guys? What are you seeing right now?
2: He just jumped off the building and landed back in the small town. <laughs> that's a hell of a leap.
1: Oh, uh, oh, you're ahead of us. Yeah, I am. Because
2: I just saw the bowling alley now.
1: Yeah, let me know when...
2: I was wondering what you were talking about.
1: Let me know when he's trying to shake off that thing from his hand. The amulet. Uh, he is right now. <laughs> he's, not oh, okay.
2: even, he's not even touching it yet.
1: I'm, uh, I'm in sync with you, Caleb. Okay, now he's shaking. Oh, okay. Now he's
2: shaking his... Or no, it's going up his sleeve now.
1: And Isaac, for did Cogsman just knock over that guy who I don't know, the green guy?
0: <laughs> yeah, the engineer played by John De, uh, John De, Joe DiMaggio, excuse me. No, John DiMaggio, excuse me.
1: Yeah. And even though I think that they're doing a better job for the most part on all levels in this movie, I still feel like the Transformers are the weakest part. Like all these spare ones in the back aren't Bumblebee or Optimus Prime. I don't know who they are and they don't feel unique or interesting. They just feel like props to move around. They don't feel like real characters. And so I don't know who the hell that green guy is, but I don't feel like there's much to him.
2: Yeah, that's one of the chief things I've that's like my biggest criticism of the entire Michael Bay series is what you just said.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's disappointing that you come to a series called transformers and they're the least interesting part of most of the movies. So that's too bad. Hopefully they'll correct that going forward. No
0: comment.
2: (laughs) Well, there's a lot of question marks about the, the yet to be released transformers film. Yeah. As in terms of that and other
0: things. Insert Indiana Jones music.
1: There you go. I wish we would see the uh, the maps. Yeah. Oh, there's a map. <laughs> I wonder if that was a reference. Probably not.
0: Well, it is Paramount, so I guess you could say it is. Actually, yeah. Why didn't they just use the Indiana Jones theme if it's Paramount? Like, they can use it.
1: It's Havana. What is this? Uh, Fast and Furious 8?
0: You mean Fate of the Furious, which <laughs> was the same year.
1: Fate of the Furious, yeah. Or Fate. If, if you can see what I'm doing there.
0: <laughs> I do wonder if they did film in Havana or not, or if it's just Puerto Rico or, or Dominican Republic.
2: I don't think that's Puerto Rico. Okay. I think that's Havana. I mean, I'm not an expert expert, but
0: yeah, pardon my ignorance. I just don't, I don't know because when like when fate of the furious filmed in Cuba, they actually did like when they went to Cuba, yeah. they actually did. So I wonder if again, they're allowed to,
2: and I'm not an expert on Cuba, but from what I've seen in movies, this looks like the same place.
1: Um, by the way I I think I I think we have we mentioned Anthony Hopkins in this once up to this point <laughs>
2: nope no nope, no no no
1: that's shocking I, I was when I saw him the first time when I watched this last year or I guess two years ago yeah I was stunned I was like wow I I know they pull in random people but Anthony Hopkins like really this guy agreed to do this script and having watched the movie now I, I, I feel like they give him a lot of stuff that maybe he would have liked to see and tying in all that kind of Arthurian legend stuff. Maybe he just, you know, and enjoyed having to, or getting to be a part of that, but it is still surprising that he's in this.
2: I'm not an expert on Hopkins either, but he has such a breadth of work. Um, I feel like if you just pay him the right number, he will do, he'll do your birthday party. He'll do, <laughs> no, seriously, I think he'll do anything. Could be. I think he's just one of those actors that if the pay is right, he doesn't really give a damn.
1: But I think he does. Um, the scenes that he's in feel a lot more lively and a lot more interesting. I feel like he was a valuable asset to bring to this movie. Yeah. It was one of the reasons I like it more than a lot of the other ones.
2: He definitely showed up to work. It's not like when they had like elder actors in seventies and eighties movies where sometimes they just showed up for a paycheck. He's definitely not one of those kind of guys.
1: Yep, shows up drunk, <laughs> barely remembers his lines.
2: Exactly, or has like read them off cue cards.
1: Yeah, yeah, placed her on the set. Yep, yeah.
2: the woman in the glasses um, at the tea party. Took um, me. She she's in Downton Abbey. She's yeah. she's not a major major role, but she's she was sig- significant for a season and a half. Um, I'm sure the other women have probably been like in British television as well. Um, Cogman mm. I didn't notice until today when I was listening to his voice earlier he is also in Downton Abbey and he's a, but he's a very um, significant beloved character in that series because Cogman yep. plays the butler I mean <laughs> the butler in Downton Abbey does the voice for Cogman and he's an incredible character in that series Downton Abbey and you, once you know, if you watch that series for a season or two, you will know his voice and Cogman is absolutely him. And it's insane to picture him speaking these ridiculous lines for this character. Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah. it's actually kind of cool, fun.
1: Yeah. I only know that the actors in that, that series because of the trailers for the movie. But yeah, I knew that was that guy right away. Yeah. Very distinct voice.
2: You know his, who his um, actress wife is in real life? Oh. Who? Um the actress who plays uh Professor Umbridge in um in the Harry Potter series. Uh, not professor, um headmistress or whatever.
1: Oh, that's interesting. Hmm. Yeah, and I was looking for Doctor Who actors in this and I I don't think I noticed any. So that's a little bit of disappointment for me, but
0: <laughs> I guess in a way they could have replaced her with Sam Woodwicky just cuz like we went back to what is it we went, we went back to uh the whole history stuff with the with the family and especially when we find out uh the whole idea in the in the next scene i'll be that'll be quite interesting
2: you mean that they're related
0: yeah well they're not technically related well like some some like t- several times removed or something like that but i, th- the, I
2: think they are supposed to be
1: no. Yes. Yeah, so, it's two different lines. It's two different lines.
2: I think they are. Why do you, why do you say that?
1: They, they point out that she's a dis- direct descendant of um, Merlin and Merlin was the first, of the Whitwickans. Sure. But the Whitwickans is not a, a bloodline. It's a secret society. So they, they mention like 40 generations of Whitwickans and it gets confusing because they're not actually like blood relations. They're just all part of the same society.
2: I feel there's more to it than that because if it's just a society, why did they produce an insane um, uh, family tree to to show the lineage?
1: It does get confusing that, and that is one of my. I picked up a lot more during the second viewing, but I was when I watched it the first time. I did think that Sam was yeah a relation to her, but
2: and in this movie, you know, they're gonna show like little zoom ins on the family tree. In the special features, one, the production designer or somebody, he produced this entire wall, like we're talking like 10 feet by six feet mural of that family tree. (laughs) And they actually put it up on the wall in one of the physical locations in one of these manor estates. And, you know, they were showing it. Because you don't really see it in the movie, but in the behind the scenes, it's humongous. And the production designer is like showing it to Michael Bay for the first time. And Michael Bay is just kind of stupefied. I mean, kind of like, he doesn't say this, but his expression is, What the fuck are you doing with your free time? (laughs) Because like, Michael Bay is
1: just like, What the
2: fuck? Like, as if no one asked you to do this, but this is just way fucking over the top. Um, Yeah, it's kind of nuts.
1: Surprising bitch him out. You could have spent more time designing (laughs) these sets. He was just
2: like, yeah, this is how dedicated some guys are, I guess.
1: (laughs) (laughs) disinterest.
2: It's fucking insane to see the real prop. It is, it is in color and there's all these, there's like 300 individual like little portraits. It's, it's, it's insane. It also shows like the historical meetings with Transformers in, in unseen adventures throughout the ages are like mixed into the family tree.
1: I do wish that Bumblebee wasn't the uh, paired up transformer with, with Cade here. I feel like we could have had someone else get a spotlight. Why is Bumblebee the, the main transformer
0: here? Because he's marketable and he's been there since the first.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm with you Caleb, but reality, like, Bumblebee is the fucking star of besides Optimus and Bumblebee's always been like our conduit transformer like our mm. you know as an audience like since the beginning it just they wouldn't they just wouldn't I hate it but it's just it's it's what the people want I guess the masses
1: Yeah maybe maybe they'll move away from it I don't know I haven't seen too, too much from in the trailers for this new one so
2: well, oh. as I've already told Kev in, in, in messages, um, and I don't know if you already know Isaac, but the second trailer that just came out about two weeks ago for the new Transformer movie, um, there's a very major spoiler um, in in that specific trailer. So, oh, so you know, viewer beware if they they give up something major in that movie.
0: That dog was just
1: like, wow, that is yeah. a really good dog.
0: He's just, <laughs> just like... not paying attention.
2: Oh, we got the tank from Last Crusade. You're right. There is a something going on here.
0: Well, again, it's Paramount, so they can they don't have to worry about getting sued or anything like that. It's, it's well, like their property.
2: That and it's World War II. <laughs> I don't think it's an official Indiana Jones class tank.
1: <laughs> yeah, see, they just said a line that I wish they wouldn't have said. They said that uh, Anthony Hopkins here is the last living member of the Order of the Wilbicans. I wish she wasn't the last living member and she was the last living relative of Merlin. I mean, maybe it's meant to be more, like, pretentious or whatever that word is, but yeah, I wish that the, it wasn't down to just those two after all these years. I mean, what what was going to happen after he dies? Was the Order going to die? And
2: Well, what actually bothered me more in this movie, if I take it on face value, pretend like it's real, like this society and everybody has known about this stuff for so long. And, and it's been foretold that the end of the world will be coming like for, for centuries, but nobody does shit about it until what's his name from rest development. See something on his like radar and they have 48 hours to react. Like that's the part that bothers me that they had like a millennia to find the staff but they waited to literally the last 48 hours when the whole entire planet is at stake.
1: Maybe they were worried that it was too dangerous a thing to find. And because it doesn't seem that they have that many resources at this point. Cause a lot of what Anthony Hopkins has to do here is kind of just fumbling around and stealing shit. So maybe he was worried if he like went to the government, like, Hey, we should try to find this to prep that maybe they would use it for, for bad means.
2: True, that is true. Still insane.
1: Yeah, I agree. And, and even if that's,
2: that's a good idea, what you just said, you would still think somebody would have tried to get their hands on it, even if it was a nefarious
0: person. Yeah. So when I watched, like, I guess, like maybe half or a quarter of the ending of Ambulance. I know I haven't watched all of Bay's films, but this is probably a terrible assessment. But I'm like, uh, and like, maybe this is so basic, but I was like, I think something that is that you can see through all of his films, again, now, even the ones I haven't seen, is that what it boils down to is that his films kind of are like a chase movie, like there's almost like a ever-present chase throughout like the entire like piece of each film especially with like ambulance where like you know they're they're trying to like get away from the authorities and in that first transformers film they're they're chasing like they're trying to get away from megatron as he's chasing them to get after like the allspark and i guess that was the same in like the second one i don't know about so much about the third but the fourth one definitely had that and in this one i also feel like it's it also brings back that chase uh ideas maybe i'm just incorrect in that
2: I think there's, I think many of his movies have that, especially when he's doing his actiony, actiony type of movie, but not all his movies though, because they're not all in that frame of mind.
1: But kind of tied into that, I feel like he always tries to introduce a big ticking clock element.
2: Yeah, that's what they call the trope.
1: Yeah. So I feel like that pre- that's present even in the ones that aren't Yeah, more action oriented. Something like uh, Armageddon, I feel like even has a big part of that. And maybe Pearl Harbor. I mean, that one definitely feels very slow-moving, but I feel like that also has that click... Oh, wait, this is the Wicked part here.
2: Fuck. <laughs> that headshot.
0: Not the best, but that's still his... <laughs> they, funny. I think
2: that was the, the his real headshot when he was arrested in Austin.
1: Yeah, see, your dad was a member, but... I, I guess he was a... I don't know, it, it does get confusing,
0: yeah. Oh, they don't come outright and say it, so it, it is what it is. I,
2: I think Witwicky, um Sam is re- blood related to her, but not Anthony Hopkins, obviously.
0: Eh, it's part of the order, but sh- but like he has Widwicky blood. Like his name is Witwicky. but he does say that she's the
1: last living direct relation to to Merlin. So wouldn't Sam also
0: be one? Unless Sam is dead. Unless he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> or you said
2: direct. Maybe that's the important part.
0: Yeah, where it's... <laughs> Maybe she's, you know, like, a not-blood relation. <laughs> really, Blay? You're going with, like, blood relations? Okay, fair enough. Like, nobility and stuff? I'm, Yeah, yeah Sam's just related by marriage. <laughs> yeah, he's half-breed or something like that. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry, sorry. Uh, yeah.
1: Well, I, think, I feel like that's reading it. I feel like they don't... I know, I know. Because yeah. I don't even think her last team's
0: hers was Wembley, right? Yep. Which I think there was a Wembley. Unless Wembley translates to wait wiki. Man,
2: I forgot this part existed. I mean, this little flash to World War II.
1: Yeah, I don't feel like we needed that either. I feel like they could have cut that for some time as well. Shave this down to 220.
2: I just wish the Transformers would have looked different in that different age. Yeah. Like like if if their structure looked more industrial in t- in, instead of so futuristic still
1: yeah no that's that's definitely fair yeah because you figure they'd be being different machines so yeah their their layout would be different but,
2: uh, yeah so yeah, yeah. nothing that surprised me about the behind the scenes of this movie Um, this entire movie was literally devised by like pitch meeting style Um, that Michael Bay and the producers just put out the call to well they had their set writers they had like a writer's room and they they, all the guys worked in pairs, the writers, like, I don't know, like 12 of them, but they paired off. And each pair was assigned a different historical sit- time and place where the Transformers may have been involved. And so everyone went their separate ways and came up with their own concepts for the specific time frame they were given. Um, and then they gave their pitches literally in a to Michael Bay in person and Steven Spielberg was um, video conferenced into the room and each pair pitched their ideas. Um, and the two contenders or favorites that came out of that pitch process was this idea of combining in the Arthurian legend. And the other one was like a spitfire, not spitfire. I think it was like a jet story, but it was set in world war II. Um, and those were the two leaders and then they chose between those two to ultimately go this direction. But I was surprised that like Michael Bay was like completely hands off until the part where they were like choosing, you know, amongst the different ideas.
0: This part was actually funny. So is that the Green Knight? I guess it is like the equivalent to the Green Knight. That's just for Caleb. Well, it would be. I mean, wouldn't he? I mean, no, just because he liked the the A twenty four film.
2: I did too. i right, there you
0: go.
2: Fun fact about that movie: the the giants in that movie. Yep. I assumed they were CGI. Nope. Live action. I did not know that
0: until recently. Hey. When you get something like A twenty four, they're gonna they're actually gonna like put in effort. And hey, that is that is not well, throwing Michael Bay under the bus, all right? The guy, like, is he's a working man. Like the guy, you know, if you call him a scumbag or anything like that. The guy, like, guy works. Like the guy works for his dollar. Oh, sorry,
1: I re- I didn't realize you guys couldn't hear me. I was uh, replying to Eric about that writer's. Sort of no,
0: I I I I, uh, I I figured that you were like in the bathroom. Or yeah, something that's what like that. I thought. No, yeah, I
1: was I was talking about. <laughs> but no, that that is that is really interesting, and and maybe. Maybe that shows just a yeah lack of investment in this one, maybe he just felt like he'd been doing them for so long, and in the middle of of making these he'd been trying to work on some other projects, so yeah maybe just overall he was a little bit disinterested in this one.
2: oh, I think he loves making transformer movies. it's just yeah like I mean it obviously has many things, many um how's the saying go pans in the fryer I don't know, but um <laughs> i but I think he's willing to. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't have to be part of that whole process. The the pre process, the pre pre process. Mm. Um, I think he's comfortable enough with that.
1: Yeah, and again, I I'm I'm glad they went with this Arthurian legend bit. I feel like it adds a lot to the the universe. Makes it more interesting for these these movies at least. And I, I keep being curious, Isaac. I I'm since I know that yeah this or at least I believe that this is going off of it's completely original stuff not from the original continuity. It's, it, does this bother you that they are going in this weird direction?
0: According to uh, one of our uh, inspiration peoples, um, oh. IDW had actually, at least in around this era of like 2014 to 2017, when they were, I don't know if it was Simon Furman, but one of the writers for the IDW Transformers comic, they were in fact doing the Knights of the Round Table. So again, if they were, if yeah. it, if if this is true maybe maybe if the the source that i'm getting it from if this is true that unless 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 it was all original and they just happened to like come up with knights of the round table instead to use as a mythology and they didn't know about the idw comics i don't know what eric's about to type in fair enough
2: no you don't i'm looking i'm looking at something else
0: okay there you go uh pardon me um Again it's I I Caleb it's this universe like I have to accept this adaptation so like I yeah. can't like say like oh it's the, I can't gatekeep if I gatekeep then I'm a scumbag and I've lost the arguments and I, I can't I can't do that. Um
2: Yeah, I was I was looking up something else but related to the, what we're talking about right now because it's been bugging me this whole time because I was almost certain that there was a King Arthur um, related story in the original G one, um, cartoons. Uh, and I just couldn't think of the name of it, but now I got it. I was close from memory. There is actually an episode in the original run called a Decepticon raider in King Arthur's court. And, it, <laughs> and it's obviously based up op- I mean, loosely based upon the novel. Um, yep. so
0: yes, by Mark Twain,
2: they actually had interactions with the actual, like Arthurian legend, in the original run of the of the cartoon,
0: although oh interesting, not okay, not not obviously not defending it, but that was like different though, like this that was just like a one off episode. If of I'm course,
2: correct. yes, yeah. <laughs>
0: I mean, if they if they wanted to, they could also just say like they took this const that that like G one episode and then they just expanded it.
1: Yeah, because that that series doesn't really take place on Earth, right? That's more in
0: is that Jetfire. Or just a similar looking transformer
2: wait, what series doesn't take place on earth
1: uh like the original run is that is that all earth based stuff yes, okay, oh wow, that makes it less interesting to me <laughs>
2: season- season one is 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 like practically all earth bound oh, but then ew. but then but season one is also oh wait, I'm sorry season one and two uh season one is is relatively shorter amount of episodes, season two is like a ton of episodes um by the way, this part on screen is interesting, too. We'll talk about this later. But um, uh, Set up. But then the movie came out. And then everything after that, um, that's when they really started going way off-world. Earth was still in the picture. But okay. that's when the off-world adventures took off, was post-movie.
1: Yeah, and I'll, I'll say that's the only part of G1 that I know is, yeah, I've only seen that movie. Yeah, otherwise... I just never had any interest in this, this series with the animated stuff or even these movies really. So,
2: but as I mentioned before to Caleb and we've toyed with the idea and who knows one day, um, the original G one. So obviously I grew up with those cartoons. You guys didn't be, I mean, because of age differences, but obviously I did. And, and, and I'm sure you guys know this with whatever cartoons you guys revisit. Um, like, They all seem great in your nostalgic mind. And then we actually see them, you know, 20 years later. You realize that some that you loved are utter shit. But then some actually have merit. And of the cartoons I grew up with in that time frame, G1 actually has, it's on the meritorious side of the ledger. Like when you revisit, now, not all the episodes. There's there's certainly crap episodes here and there. But I think why, part of the reason why it was, a step up from a lot of the other kids programming of the time was because you still had the old aspiring sci-fi writers types that were like famous, like in the fifties and sixties and seventies who used to turn in scripts for consideration for like the twilight zone and star Trek and all their stuff. Some of those types of pitches would work their way into the G one. So you would have these unique one-off episodes that felt like one-off twilight zone or Star Trek adventures just with like transformer characters. And even as a kid, I didn't know any of this stuff as a kid about writers and all this other stuff, but even as a kid, those episodes would stick out to me. Those individual ones were like, Whoa, there's something like, there's a bigger thing going on. I don't know what it is, but I can tell there's something bigger going on in, in certain specific episodes.
1: Hmm. Yeah, so I I should uh I should rent the the DVDs from from Blockbuster and go check it out or
2: Oh, they're all on Tubi.
1: <laughs> I think they're even on YouTube, I think.
2: Yeah, but Tubi they're like in like they're like in Blu-ray DVD quality.
1: Yeah.
2: That's, they're in they're in HD. I mean because they were produced on film and 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 um uh what do you call it? Preserved on film.
1: Oh, by the way, I'm yeah, I I mean, it's just a cameo. I can't complain too much. And he's not nearly as over the top as he has been. But him being this weird conspiracy guy and a conspiracy guy who's right. I'm not sure he's getting his information from even more than Anthony Hopkins, who's supposedly the last Whitwick who's supposed to have all this info. They have to go to this guy. This just feels like a weird der- derailment. I'm not sure why it's here besides the cameo.
2: Um, I think its it's all about the cameo. I think he works in these tiny doses, micro doses.
1: <laughs> yeah, in, ter- in terms of the performance, yeah, I agree. It's just I, did, I can't really figure out how he has all this info. It just seems, it just seems weird. He's like an exposition machine, just out of nowhere. Which I guess he was in the the previous ones that he was in too. I think two and three he was the same role, but it just feels less uh, less believable here.
2: And, you know, aside from his um, salt and pepper hair, he's aged really well in the face, John Totoro. He looks he looks really young still in, in this one.
1: Yeah. No, yeah, I agree. Yeah, and actually it would have been the year before this that he was just fantastic in his TV series called The Night Of. A really, really excellent series. And he plays this lawyer. And, yeah,
0: he's great in that.
2: So, so who knew that England was the hmm. center of Pangaea? I never really thought about that. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna have to check that. I didn't do that.
2: <laughs> I mean, it's 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 in the vicinity uh, of the center, but still, I never thought about it. Although it is where they established Greenwich Mean Time, but you know,
0: I don't think that has anything to do with Pangaea. So, if Simmons knew about Unicron from the very, you know, sorry, sorry. Is he supposed to know him from the beginning probably I think i'm i think I'm just projecting there. I'm just joking like if you knew this from like o seven like um anyway if if
1: I remember in the second movie he was supposed to have turned like a conspiracy weirdo guy, and so maybe since then he's just been yeah gaining more and more knowledge from somewhere who knows
0: where but
2: let me ask a Canadian uh, opinion on something.
0: It's a fascinating car, by the way. Sorry. <laughs> uh, we'll give you the best uh, answer to our knowledge, hopefully, of the subject. So, like, this whole thing with the cupboard
2: and the book and the pop-up book and this and that, Um, because I, I grew up in England, and maybe it was because it was a different age um, uh, of England, but something I something I take from my memories of that time was in England, as opposed to the United States, I always felt there was so much more reverence for physical books and unique books, whether they're pop-up books or they're antique books and, and storing things in covers. Like, it was such a British thing. And there was so much about like the tactile nature of unique books. Whereas in the United States, I've never, ever felt that there's any remotely similar connection at all other than liking to read a nice novel in an actual hardcover or paperback but not an actual reverence for like the actual thing itself and and it's like um it's uh characteristics is there anything is canada more like the united states or more like england in the way i set it up the dichotomy
1: well at least in my experience definitely england yeah books i still think have a very prominent really
2: so there is like a thing about
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: I have never found anything even close to that concept. Like in my experience in the United States,
1: at least in my experience, I don't know if Isaac's you know had a different view in that regard. But
0: so when it comes to the reason behind that, um, this is obviously not answering your question. But like the reason behind the the reverence for the actual book itself, and like. Why they want is just because, like, you know, books and texts like were so like revered when we were able to actually start like you know printing them, and so England has, and probably it's all. I think it's not just England. I think it's Europe itself. I think it's a tradition there where they really, really like revere text and it's it's primary sources. That's why they like you know hold on to that idea. Whereas like because uh, America was one of the Countries to like develop the internet, that's no longer like a, a big issue. So, I thought you were gonna it, say
2: printing press, but he just jumped right ahead to the internet. Well, there is, I mean, yes,
0: they did do the printing press, I'm aware of that, but like still, yeah, England was like because they, you know, stories were important to them and history was important, and the fact that like you know, you're you trace your family lineage as well, because uh, that's a whole nobility thing, which you know, you can complain about, um, but. Anyways, yeah, I think uh, Caleb's right in that we also have. I I don't really encountered that personally, but I feel Caleb is probably right where we do have a bigger fascination with books than uh, those down south.
2: Yeah, it's just interesting because like that scene really made sense to me. Like from a British perspective, like like I could really like key into that. But if I only relied on American experiences, it just seemed like a movie thing.
0: I mean, is this, have you, I mean, you've been around America quite a lot. So it's like, have you, have, <laughs> yes. have you experienced that, uh, everywhere you've been or
2: for the most part, the folks are just, they're functional, you know, I acquired the new copy of this and yeah, people collect, but it's not about the, like the uniqueness of each one or how it was bound or anything like that. It's just, you, you know, you got it, you read it and you, know, you hold on to it, you don't, but but not getting into the actual like the makeup of the book and not just like notable works, but even like, like children's books and stuff like that. Um, There was a lot more going on in England in general.
1: Yeah. I remember many years uh, or many, many times my childhood going to unique bookstores and looking around and they would always have those uh, people would read to the kids from those kind of pop-up books and stuff. And I always loved, yeah. Hanging out in those places.
2: Yeah. And I used to go to secondhand shops in the United States And obviously there used to be many of them back in the day, but largely what you would find is all the old paperbacks from like the seventies and eighties and sixties. I mean, that's pretty much what you'd find in like a, an old timey bookshop in in America, Mm -hmm. but not like these other type of unique, like almost like museum piece type things.
1: Yeah. I think I even have a couple of books that could probably be if they're restored museum worthy. I know I've got a, complete works of William Shakespeare. That's at least like maybe 90, maybe close to a hundred years old at this point.
2: That's really impressive. (laughs) I wish Sean, Sean hates even bringing up the S word. (laughs) (laughs) I have learned from podcasting with him.
1: (laughs) My parents used to collect Bibles and they had some, some really, really old ones that were interesting. But but yeah, maybe it's just the household I grew up in. Yeah. Maybe a more reverence.
2: And, and who thought a trans- Michael Bay Transformer commentary could take this turn?
0: There you go. <laughs> I mean, it depends on what was actually happening in the film right now. Which, Caleb, <laughs> I just realized that both uh Fate of the Furious and this film have at least some similar stuff, only in that there's car chases, they were in Cuba, and there's a submarine. Oh, believe me, I was thinking about it, a and lot. they're
2: very unbelievable. Yes, I don't think I've seen the submarine uh, furious movie yet. Or I only have They're, one more to see besides X.
0: Therefore, they cancel each other out. Anyways, continue. But
2: um, this so this submarine, um, they established in the movie that it's a transformer. But if if I remember, we don't ever get to see it, right? Transform. We don't. That bothered me.
0: I was like, "Is this supposed to be Omega Supreme or like
2: Omega Supreme?"
0: The Okay, listen, I can at least, like, you know, like, make, like, a hopeful, uh, uh I, I could make, like, a suggestion, but, like, obviously, you know, you don't have to, but anyway.
2: No, but Omega Supreme, a, a space station transformer being reduced to a, an old-timey submarine.
0: I mean, worst things have happened in this series, I guess. <laughs> we saw what it would, We saw what Devastator was like.
1: I know, it was devastating, but... Was he the one with the giant balls? Yes. Oh, God. (laughs) All I I remember is the (laughs) balls.
2: Oh,
0: I almost laughed like the guy from uh, Red Letter Media. (laughs) Which one? There's a lot of guys in (laughs) Oh, Rich Evans. Okay. (laughs) Okay.
2: (laughs) I've never known the man's name, but I definitely know his laugh.
0: (laughs) Dick
1: the birthday boy. Oh, by the way, I'll say... uh... All this underwater stuff as well just perked me up. I was like, okay, this movie already gets a boost.
0: This movie is not blue. Funny
2: you should say that because I had other reactions to the underwater stuff.
0: Cough, cough, abyss. (laughs) Cough, cough, way of water.
2: But yes, way of water has tainted like everything I watch now. That goes underwater, especially things of the last ten years or so. Now hold
0: on, we watched we watched Abyss first. You can't see, you can't put that on just uh, the yeah. the uh, way of water.
2: Yeah, but there was a short, a brief underwater scene in in the original Avatar, which doesn't, you know, really amount to much um, mm-hmm. visually. But I'm so ruined after seeing way of the water for modern underwater scenes and films, and. Furthermore, in this particular movie, um I was going to speak more about how most of the special effects are pretty top-notch in this movie. But when I was watching this on the big screen earlier today in 4K, when we got to the underwater scenes, this is like the first time I noticed that the effects were not on par with like everything else I had seen in the movie. Like mm. everything mm. was fairly realistic you know, so to speak, visually until I saw the underwater. And that's when it first jumped out at me, like, oh, and now it looks like CG for real.
1: Yeah. No, that's fair.
2: Yeah. Cause it yeah, the movie almost turns into a digital cartoon during these underwater scenes, the exterior shots.
1: Yeah, I think they keep it pretty sparing though, thankfully. It's not too bad.
2: Yeah. Oh, go ahead.
0: I was, I just realized I was like, yeah, Boris Johnson was prime minister at this time, right?
2: Right. But what year is this again? 2017. But Mm -hmm. I, but again, I assume with these movies, you know, that there's alternate, you know, it is an alternate universe, obviously. So, yeah. Just like we have different presidents. I'm assuming we have different prime ministers.
0: Well, that's what I was thinking because, like, the first two films again. I'm not to sorry, but just like they both kind of had like the presidents of the time there, which is just unique. And like, I hadn't seen that. In- not John before. Voight. Wait, what do you mean? Well, I don't think he was the president. I think he was John the- Voight. Wasn't the president. He was like part of the CIA. Oh, was he? No, I, th- yeah. I think he was. I thought uh, he was the I- attorney general. Maybe. Oh yeah, yeah. Thank no, you. It's attorney.
2: not attorney gen. Not attorney general. Are you-
1: Wait, hold on. I thought he was. He was one of the higher ups. Yeah, he was like the closest they could like the closest to the president that they could get to, but I don't think he was
0: A stand in for Bush was there, but it clearly was supposed to be Bush. Yeah, like a stand-in for the president. Yeah, and exactly. Obama was in like was mentioned in the second. Oh, okay. Order.
2: He was the defense secretary. That's what they, I was like, yeah, they don't call it, attorney general something yeah. different. Mm. He, he's the defense secretary.
0: Oh, I didn't even realize that he was
1: tied in the military at that. Maybe I was thinking of the sequels then too, where they would have those random guys who would show up and be like, oh, they would kind of stand against the government. I thought that that's what John Boyd, or the the military. I thought that's what John Boyd was doing too in that one. Maybe not.
2: Wait, 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 what?
1: Yeah, I remember those those guys, there was, uh, what was her name? Uh, Frances McDormand who'd show up. I thought yes. John Boyd was in like that same role. Which is what? Well, what is that role though? But maybe I'm not remembering that. Well, they were like coming in and criticizing the military for Oh. Working with the Transformers. I think with John Voight, it was more like yeah, since they were working at the Transformers at this point, but was still criticizing them. At least I, I thought I maybe I don't remember that movie too well. It's been a while.
2: <laughs> it has been a while.
0: It could be. It's been two years for us. Well, almost a year and a bit.
2: But yeah, but he definitely played a military character. Yeah. Um, hmm, I didn't realize he was playing defense secretary.
1: Yeah, I thought he was the same as other guys, but maybe not. I hmm.
2: decided so be like the Runf- Donald Runfeld Donald Rumsfeld, role. Oh God! That's what job. That's what position he had.
1: Talk about another big fuck up. <laughs> but anyway, let's yeah, let's. We've already just derailed into politics enough without mentioning that moron. But what about this prime minister? I I like how uh, just like he's like a complete nothing. Assuming this is the prime minister, I think
2: he very much is. I mean, he's just like this is
0: this is the prime minister.
2: Random casting. I mean, like like generic prime minister e. Type character
1: and immediately diminutive to anyone who walks in, like oh oh sorry I can't talk over you. Uh, let me just uh, like let me f- let you finish your spiel first before I get these guys to drag you out after you just walked in unannounced. <laughs> I bet Michael Bay wouldn't display the uh, the president of the United States in that way. He'd be more uh, yeah, show a little more competency. I would think.
2: Oh, also the Navy or TRF or whoever they are with the naval ships. Who are you know heading out to their location? I I get it. The movie's not real. There's no way the Navy or anyone else could mobilize an armada and get it to that location on on, on such short notice. Like they would need like a month heads up <laughs> to try to make something like that happen. Yeah. Did you see? But whatever. Transformers universe.
0: You saw the uh, when they panned over to like the um, the the helicarrier ships. Like that was was that a real ship?
2: I believe so.
0: Like it, I don't remember what it was called, but they said it was USS something. So I'm like, ah, oh, I assume it probably was.
2: I, I I believe it was a real ship. Yeah.
0: Okay. Like a, I don't know if it was the actual ship, but like probably was. A re- either either way, yeah. They, they they were like, oh yeah, we we like are off the coast of England. I'm like, it it takes a while for you to like cross the sea, right? Anyways. Yeah,
2: and it's one thing if it was like one ship or two. But they have, like, a whole armada going that there's no possible way.
0: The fleet was all there. It was like, what's going... Like, 48 hours of my... Anyway.
1: Hmm. Yeah, and it, it is... This TRF thing, I feel like they didn't utilize it as much as they could have. Well... Because at this point, they're just completely working with uh, Josh. I can't
0: remember his last name now. Demel? Demel. Well, Lennox, but yes. Lennox, there you
2: go. I... I just hate that their thing was we need to team up with our suicide squad to go after Mark Wahlberg. It made no sense when they should have been on Mark Wahlberg's side the whole time. I get it. He's a fugitive, whatever. But then to team up with the Decepticons, like they're taking the enemy of my enemy is my friend concept like way too far.
1: Well, didn't didn't uh, Optimus Prime kill the, I guess, the, the Francis McDermott standing in the last one? Who was it again? uh fraser
2: oh yeah yeah
1: wasn't he basically that playing that same role i don't know if it was attorney general or or someone like that
2: i'll find out
1: yeah optimus prime killed him and yeah so i thought that they were just like oh the autobots are our new enemies
0: so yeah i don't remember because there was nest in the the second film which was like the union between both um yeah autobots and like u.s uh i don't know like squad i don't know if it was air force or whatever Lennox was but then we had i think they were in the second one and then the third fourth one sorry i think third one and then the fourth one that we had Kelsey Gramer and the man in black and they were working with lockdown to like f- find and like destroy the autobots and like i guess bring them as trophies mm. and then we have the TRF which is or TRT whatever they're called so that's yeah, i guess it's the ashes of Nest or whatever the fourth one was called. Yeah, the new stand-ins.
2: <laughs> Cemetery Wind?
0: Uh. Oh, so it just destroyed, like, part of the moon's surface. Never mind, I didn't actually, like... But it's, oh, it's anchoring hey, hey, hey. itself.
1: I forgot that we get that shot of the ship from, <laughs> from Dark of the Moon. That's, That's funny.
0: Even though I didn't, like, fact-check myself. Eric, that was the arc correct, like, in the third one. Oh.
2: Uh, I don't know about that.
0: Cause, cause that was the one that Sen- Sentinel Prime landed on, like used to get to Earth. And I can't remember if that's the arc or if what they're in right now, like the you know, what Bumblebee and Cade and Vivian. Who,
2: who knows? Because, because like even in the opening of this movie in Arthur times, um, when Tucci goes, Merlin goes to ask for help. You see a ship that's like embedded into the, the small mountain or small mound, and it's like there's just like so many arc illusions. I don't even know.
0: Yeah, I I mean it could be because the arc wasn't just like okay it was the ship, but it also could have been another ship. Yeah, so, like they probably had other ships like the arc. They just called it that. So like I assume like this is probably another arc ship. Which I know in one continuity of Transformers the arc was Omega Supreme. Alright, this right here for some reason reminds me of aliens, but that's that's where it stops. Oh, which part? Maybe I feel like I'm maybe to sink again. It was just it was just when like Cade was going through like the ship's bow bowels. So I'm like, yeah, it kinda reminds me of uh what do you, hmm. what are they called?
2: Yeah. Kelsey Grammar's character Harold Edinger he he wasn't he didn't have like a official title uh like Black he was yeah well he like formed his own organization coalition yeah which was called Cemetery Wind which was his own personal like squad to go after transformers like in general
0: Yeah I didn't know that that's that's fair so they're like yes He the,
2: wasn't he wasn't CIA or or federal government or anything like that Other than being American Okay, yes. He was American. That's not an official title, but yes.
0: (laughs) What is this? Like, Alien Covenant? The same year. Good grief, it is the same year. What the fudge. (laughs) Much better movie. Never saw it, but still. (laughs) And I hated it at the time.
2: That's weird. Alien Covenant feels more recent.
1: Yeah, it is weird. weird. Six
0: years ago.
1: This also feels like the ship during uh, Extinction, Age of Extinction
0: lockdown ship yeah um lockdowns yeah i mean it's probably based off of a similar like design potentially but this one's much older yeah whereas that one was probably a lot newer and but yeah it's like a progenitor ship ISS i salute to you It'd be cool to go you go to you one day i i assume you didn't actually go into well, no, 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 he couldn't because I know Tom Cruise is going to try to film something in the International Space Station soon. Rip Brothers.
2: I thought they were just going to completely destroy the whole ISS.
0: Did, uh, well, it got maybe caught in the cross. I don't know.
2: I think they just go right by it.
0: Oh, wow. That's that's funny. Just
2: leave it alone. They, completely, they completely ignore it, but I thought it was just going to completely destroy it. In the movie. I just thought,
0: yeah, I thought it was in the path like if a Person's about to step on an ant and they don't even realize. Which sucks.
2: <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to think of things to say during all this stuff, but.
0: Do you like this stuff, Caleb? Or are you just like, I'm good?
1: Oh, I'm fine with it all. It it's all progressing fine the story wise, and this this makes you know, I, I I'm never lost is the nice thing.
2: <laughs> I do like how our our two leads, co-leads, had uh, had their like vintage character uh, costume change.
0: Yeah, yes, their explorer or yeah, nineteen thirties <laughs> garb. Like, I agree. Hey, I I'm. I'm st- oh, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, I'm still saying that. Like, Mark Wahlberg probably would have made it better live action. Than Nathan Drake. Well, I mean, Johnny Knoxville probably was based off of, or they based Johnny Knoxville's face off of Nathan Drake, so I think he probably could do another good job. Although he also kind of looks like Max Payne. Anyway, sorry, continue, Caleb. Hey, he was Max Payne. <laughs> um. Well, but, no, I said Johnny Knoxville. I didn't say Mark Wahlberg. Oh, oh. But I know, yes, I'm aware.
1: Yeah, I mean, you guys both watched the other uh, four movies. I feel like by the time we get to this part of the plot and almost all of them, I feel like I'm already starting to lose track of the threads, and that that's that's just a point to this one where I could keep track of what was going on almost all the way through. Which that's that's just a surprise for these these movies.
2: <laughs> because I was so checked out the first two times I saw this movie, um, I never knew exactly what the plot was about until today, and it, it's all very well, clear enough to me now. That yeah, I absolutely had no concept of it until today
0: well the thing of it is is that all these movies are similar in that it's an artifact based plot they're always like trying to look for the MacGuffin of the piece whether because i remember yeah. in like the first one they're looking for the all the all spark the second one's the matrix of leadership and i guess also the star harvester uh the third one doesn't really have anything other than like the Ark, and then after that it's just like sentinel prime is evil and megatron's back or still there and they're trying to bring cybertron to earth so they kind of dump that like mcguffin plot but then the fourth one um Optimus is getting ins uh, is is being captured by lockdown, so they kind of avoided that, so basically it was back to basics in this one where it's like let's go just go back to a simple like you know plot uh artifact plot, excuse me where it's like yeah, that's easy to find like that's easy to remember right
1: yeah, but even those early ones they they always felt like there was so much going on that it was difficult to really keep track of one storyline. Even in that first one I think there was there was the Sam Witwicky stuff there was the, the two scientists with Anthony Anderson and that Australian scientist and then there was I feel like there was another thread I can't remember what besides the transformers <laughs> of course there's the, the Decepticons
2: yeah, I think this franchise had trained me you know not to care about the plot hmm. that I that's what I that's the frame of mind I went into completely with this movie so I just didn't pay any mind until today. And I actually... It's actually more interesting now that I know what it is.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it's it feels like the first one that has like a cohesive mythology that it's building. All these other ones they kind of feel like they were just throwing whatever at the wall and seeing if it stuck. This one it does feel like there's a real history that they're establishing. Not that they ever do anything with it since it's the last one in this timeline, but... But I do think that that mode that you're talking about right there was the same thing that Cat and Carl used when they did their turd off. Because this was another another entry in there, and they were both like, this this has got awful. This, you could, couldn't could get much worse than this. And I remember even at the time, after I'd seen this, I was like, oh man, I'm surprised that they knocked as much as they did. But it was probably that same thing. You
2: know, it's so weird that... I I mean... I honestly really don't truly hate any of the live action movies that I've seen. I've seen them all obviously. Um, Cause I, if I try to think what I think is the worst Michael Bay transformer movie, I don't really know uh, to be honest. I know definitely what my favorite is, but I don't know what my least favorite is. Cause not a single one really sticks out at me. Like Maybe the fourth is my least favorite, but I don't hate the fourth one, so I don't don't feel right calling it that.
1: Yeah, you don't want to hear me. Mine's crazy. Mine's two, one, three, four. That's the order for me up to this point.
2: (laughs) I still think a lot of people agree with you on two, but not one. That's the crazy part.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
2: That's crazy.
1: Yeah, I don't think those two are too far apart.
2: I think they're far apart. Well, no, 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 I don't think that. I think other people think that because I kind of like both of them, even though two is not as solid as one for me. I still I still really enjoy both of them.
1: Oh, that's funny then. Yeah, that we, we both don't agree that or we both agree that they're not that far apart. I just, yeah, don't like either one of them.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but another thing that I think improved the overall rating for this movie for me today. Um, Not to bog people down with tech specs or anything like that, but what always bothered me when this first came out on physical media, and I can't remember if I got it on Blu-ray first or if it was already on 4k when I got, it. I can't, I don't know. Or even if it wasn't 4k when I first got it, um, maybe it was my old TV that didn't have Dolby vision or something,
0: Mm. but
2: because I I bought the whole box set in 4K uh years ago um probably could have been 2017 2018 anyway got the whole box set and I noticed right away that this movie it it looks so digital d- so digitally filmed uh like yeah like it like it didn't have this color contrast and as soon as I popped in the first two transformer movies in 4K well, they're almost like on the opposite extreme because they are, because of the era, they are super saturated in color, which that might be a little bit extreme. But what they, the other thing they have going for them in 4K is they look like they were shot on film. Like they, they look so filmic. They look, oh, mm-hmm. they look sultry on 4K. But this one looked very like flat and like almost like a, a little. <sighs> A light haze. Like the color did not pop at all. And it really bothered me. It 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 caused me to kind of have like a distaste for this movie in general. Um, and I was expecting that same experience when I popped it in the player today. But I guess it's my state-of-the-art television I have now that I did not have in 2017. Because this movie just completely popped off the screen. I was not ready for it. It's also an yep. IMAX, which the first, the, the second one is not an IMAX on the 4K. You got to get the uh, Blu ray version for the IMAX version. So it's an IMAX. It looks sultry. It looks more analog with the Dolby Vision. I was completely blown away. And I usually don't, this usually doesn't turn me that much in a movie. I hear Carl about to jump on me if you ever heard this, because he always yeah. says, I just like things better because they're in 4K. Yes. <laughs> but yes. it was. It's not the 4K, it's the color, it's the color grade. It was always holding me back before, but it, it blew me away visually this time. So I guess the disc yeah. was always right. I just needed the right television to go along with the player. Um, it, it looks fantastic now. So that did make me enjoy the movie more. I'm not going to lie.
1: Yeah, and I'll say I, I'm typically very jarred by the different aspect ratios constantly switching back and forth. But When it does switch to that full frame, just gorgeous, gorgeous stuff. I, I can't help but be just charmed by how great it looks. So I, so I can put up with the jarring constant switching for how great we get with those more. Yeah.
2: I, I, I want to say Transformers two was the first home release of like an IMAX blockbuster video. I mean, blockbuster video blockbuster movie. Um, and that looked amazing back then, circa 2009 or whenever that came out, 2008. That At the time, that set the standard for Blu-rays. Mm. It still looks good now if you have a copy of that um, IMAX version of uh, Transformers 2.
1: Oh, and just since we uh, just heard Bumblebee's voice for the first time, uh, were you guys happy to see that, uh, even though they don't really give us an explanation as to why it was fixed
2: (laughs) yeah that that, i'm i'm stuck on the lack of explanation yes and then once i get over that part why does he sound the way he sounds
1: (laughs) it's not a good voice yeah there's no gravitas there's nothing to it
2: it doesn't match
1: no it's like they just got the most bland voice you could get and yeah i wish there was some explanation if it was like oh prime you 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 strangled me and it fixed my thing somehow. That would have been something, but just no commenting on it just feels weird. Especially because they set up early in this one that they were still trying to fix it all this time. And then just to, to be fixed it with no explanation. Yeah, just not the most satisfying thing. <laughs> oh, but Isaac, any, any thoughts? Because I know that always bothered you
0: with that. You know what? I'll pass. I think at this point I'll just sound like a whiny bitch, so it's like I'll I'll pass.
1: Sure. Yeah, I just thought it was just an odd choice all around. And and there's been so many odd choices throughout this whole whole debacle of a, a franchise. I just I just don't know what to think at this point. And I also just don't care, really. I mean, come on. I mean who could care? That's why I kind of give this movie a pass overall, because yeah, I think this movie, despite being way too long, as they all always seem to be, and even though they still make their bad choices, just again, throwing in characters that are just in name only, at least it's a coherent story. At least it has some cool sort of mythology going on. Um, and again, not, not to overstate, because I feel like maybe I've so far in this commentary, maybe maybe over-praised over it or overemphasized how much I, I like it, I still don't think I'd ever really go back and watch this again just for my own enjoyment. I'm, none of these Transformers movies I would willingly just go back and watch again just for fun. But at least with this one, I feel like I could hold on to it and, and sit through it the whole way through, even though I was starting to look at my watch uh, but probably around this time, the two-hour mark. But at least, at least it was not filled with stupid humor, not filled with uh, as much racist kind of stuff (laughs) Uh, or um, just like gross, like violent humor. Like I remember the Bernie Mac thing in that first one when he was talking about his his mom or his grandma and he was like, oh, I'd bust that bitch up the side of the head. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, why? So like, why is there such like an anger to this, uh, this, this humor? So, yeah, that definitely helps me uh, to be able to enjoy this one more than. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that other crap. By the way, I I think me and Isaac talked about this just a little while ago that I went back and rewatched The Rock uh, somewhat recently. And even though it was definitely a better movie than any of these Transformers movies, um, I'd I'd always loved it as a kid. Even going back to it now, some of that weird Michael Bay humor is it's in there it's not as strong as um some of his like like bad boys or the Transformers movies um but yeah yes some more like just just odd bits of humor and I get the sense that he does that same style that they do uh, with the MCU I think I think me and Isaac talked about this too with um how they just do like a lot of like improv it's like okay today we're gonna pick the joke scenes and everyone just kind of just riff and let's see what we can get and I don't know maybe maybe Michael Bay like brings something out and these folks or I don't know but it's it always is that weird like base humor yeah, and that's just that's just not for me <laughs> uh, but uh, but I did really like the scale of when they're like oh like like this is our last night uh, when they say to uh Decade. and they all stood up and, and did their honor for him and and Cade was, was so small compared to them. I, I I just thought that was a cool little bit of kind of kaiju imagery. Yeah. Even though I don't necessarily share your thoughts, Eric, that these are like American kaiju films, even though I understand your argument, um, it just, for whatever reason, doesn't really click in my head uh, that way. But that one image did, uh, did feel that way for, for yeah, me. Yeah,
2: they're not... Obviously, they're not actual kaijus, like, larger than life. I mean... Much larger in life and scale, battling yeah. creatures, or like because those are almost like godlike entities, obviously. Yeah, but the reason they are like kaiju movies is because they are this non human, like extreme presence, um, that is obviously separate from the humans that the humans try to interact with. And, but they function the same, really. The Transformers function the same as kaijus, even though they're not the same thing.
1: Any comments there, Isaac?
0: <laughs> I feel like you want to jump in. I really was like trying to dissect, and I probably would have to watch this multiple times. I was really trying to dissect, like what all the meaning and like the 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 the, the images and what the story is here, like not what it is, but I'm trying to think of like what um, how I can relate all this to, like you know, form a, a good argument or a good like analyze the film as a critic. And I I came out with nothing. I'm like. Like really trying, like i was really trying to give this like a it, it's it's like fair dues to like be a, a real film hmm. uh not 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 a real film but like you know treat the film as I would any other, and i think i've failed as uh as a uh well non-existent critic
2: but just to i mean the last night in particular of the series
0: yeah, I was really trying to uh, well just no, the oh i meant like the movie
2: right, right, the movie. I mean, like you could do it for the other movies, but not this one, the other transformer movies
0: well, I never well no i could i I would have to do that for those, but for this one, I was really trying hard to like how to how do I like wow. make a form an argument here how do I like what can I say what can I like you know analyze and extrapolate from this plot and I got nothing
1: do you feel like you do you feel like you could follow the plot? Like he knew what was
0: going on all the way through. The plot's very easy to like stay here. Like it's it's we have yeah. all the like you know these sold. It's a war. Like where we we basically see a battlefield take place. Whether it's like humans or Autobots. Like this is a war. Uh, that's that's going on right now, and they're trying to basically stop Galactus from uh, consuming like destroying other Galactus. Yeah. Well, I don't know about other Galactics, but <laughs> well. Given that other Galactus is the Earth, but again, sorry, sorry, projecting. I gotta stop. Yeah, it's not. Oh, I gotta stop.
2: Yeah, you gotta forgive Caleb on that one because it's not, it's not explained to any degree. Because uh, it, all the stuff that's unspoken that a Transformer fan would fill in the blanks with, yes, it is like a Galactus type thing, but it, none of that is really shared in this movie. Um, so you'd have to deduce it from like an offhand remark that quintessa makes this is the only reference
1: yeah I'll, I'll tell you what i am thinking from what they're presenting here because they don't really give us an explanation i almost got the sense that this was almost like prometheus where the transformers like almost created this planet that the humans are living on and then they went their own way maybe it was these quintessa people maybe they created this they're like the uh, the engineers and then years later the the transformers are called back and then that's why they've been tied up with earth all this time but that earth itself wouldn't exist same way maybe cybertron cybertron wouldn't exist if it wasn't for these quintessa people okay so is that is that fitting anywhere Does did you guys track that with this the plot here i mean
2: i think that's a good deduction based on the materials given but i don't think i don't think that's the the direction they're going or Mm. trying to imply Although I was going to say an- another recent movie that harkens back to this climax, um, which I don't fully understand. Well, I understand maybe a little bit better is the Eternals. You don't see any parallels there with the climax of that movie in this movie?
1: Oh yeah, I definitely do. Definitely do. Yeah.
2: And even that the Eternals scheme that might be more related to, what you just brought up with Prometheus, actually,
1: yep, it's also in that yeah category as well. Yeah,
2: but Quintessa drops a hint earlier in the movie when she first encounters Prime, or vice versa. Um, she drops a hint, which is like a what do they call it a a dog whistle for longtime Transformer fans. But the problem is they don't explain it. The the dog whistle. And so it's all just up in the air because they're implying that a very significant legacy character is somehow one with the earth, which has never been a thing in transformer lore before, but they just drop it. Like it's nothing. And then they don't do any, they don't do any further explanation. So I don't know what the fuck to think about it.
0: I intentionally like move past that point because it wasn't important to Caleb. Caleb the Galvatron or knockout. Gal, why do I think that's its name? Uh, Unicron. <laughs> I keep wanting to call it Galvatron. Now. So that's hold on a second. I am sorry. You finish. Oh, no, you, you go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> See sorry. what I'm trying to, I'm not trying to piece together what's happening in the plot. I'm trying to make analogies to like, what is Michael Bay trying to say with this film? What are the writers trying to say with this film? Is he saying that, look, by the end of this film, all enemies aside have like all these people were enemies before here. They are united under one cause. Is that what he's trying to say? What's the what is like? What does Cybertron represent? Uh, what does Megatron represent? What does Quintessa represent? Is she like you know an invading like uh, wow. invasive force? Like, that's that's what I am trying to get at. Because I I can't speak for this film as a fan because I'm too, um, I am too I I forgot the word just now, but I am I am too biased. That's the word. I am too biased for for this franchise.
1: Well, if you're looking for a director who has something to say and is trying to make a well orchestrated thematic kind of point, yeah, you're looking at the wrong guy. That's that's not Michael Bay's style of filmmaking and anything that he's done. Yeah,
2: this almost reminds me of like a what do you think those guys' names? Like a Emmerich film.
1: Yeah, and don't forget he's not he's not writing. I mean, this is just they're basically putting together a big set piece kind of movie. It's not a. You know how like. This is an old-school blockbuster. I have to kill you. What was that? Sorry,
0: qu no, no, I questioned that, too. I was like, I didn't notice that just now. What the hell was that? <laughs> I have no idea. That's a good question.
2: Uh, some guy, uh, one of the Teamsters got fired that day, and he just, like...
1: Just to
0: see if, <laughs> like...
2: Snuck in and left a yeah. little message. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That scared the crap out of me.
0: Yeah, I don't know what that was. That's not my anti that's a, that's a type. Is that TARDIS? It's a, a
2: Type 40. Anyway... Yeah. Um, it just does that spontaneously to scare the shit out of me. Um oh god, what was I gonna say? Oh, I was gonna say, you know how like in the in the original Godzilla movies, how originally there was all this, you know, symbolism and you know yeah. the, the chickens are coming home, the roost meaning like the nature or Gaia of earth is taking back, you know, what humankind has screwed up. And you know, there's like that very direct messaging and post-World War two, blah blah blah. But then you know, as you get further on in the series, they just kind of like drop all pretenses and just you know get the monsters going at it. And I, I, I kind of think there's not really a bigger picture to this particular movie. Like, in the, I think it, it's just another, you know, like the those Emmerich films. It's just it's just potential another cataclysm, end of the world type situation.
1: Yeah, and and what makes this one in my opinion better than the previous transformers is they managed to get that part right in a way where I'm never scratching my head or feel like they're feel like they changed their minds somewhere and we have dangling threads or convoluted stuff that I can't keep track of because there's too much action distracting that that's why I highlight this one is having a bit of a better script not because it's more thoughtful or more trying to say something just that it feels like more of a, a comprehensive story.
2: Oh, You know what it is. You know what the message is. So, like these these weird appendages of Cybertron that are like, yeah, dragging across the Earth, like anchors. i well, yeah, kind of like anchors, and and they're kind of bothering me. I'll say more what, later why they're bothering me, but yes, they just made me think <laughs> of like dredging a river. So maybe there is some symbolism between like like dredging humans in humankind off the face of the the planet earth
0: tilling the fields maybe
2: there's something going on with that yeah maybe something with that but that aside back to physics and whatnot
1: oh no yep
2: no what bothers me really about them is that like you know it doesn't take a very large um asteroid or meteorite to cause significant damage on the on the on the planet,
0: one kilometer.
2: But with what we're seeing and how much contact is happening, like I, I think this would be an extension of an event, like without question, um, without yeah. question, this is an extension of an event. All life on on planet Earth is over after what we've seen already in, in the movie.
1: Yeah, volcanoes exploding everywhere, earthquakes destroying cities, not to mention the the impact explosions from... Because, I mean, maybe they're supposed to be like, oh, this thing, it didn't come in too fast, so they just kind of slowly glided into the earth. I think that's what we're supposed to believe, but no, no, no.
2: <laughs> this is destruction on a whole other level. Yeah. It's incredibly huge. Like, when they show those space shots, like, there's no way...
1: Yeah, it's not viable. Yeah, that's that that is the the big suspension disbelief in this one. Maybe some people think it's King Arthur, but it's that.
2: That and I checked the specs on the Osprey vehicles, um, the propeller vehicles, and they cannot fly to this altitude. Um, that's another thing, because they mentioned the movie; that they're they're twenty thousand feet, and Ospreys cannot go to twenty thousand feet.
1: Well, I'll just say as a, as a bird watcher, I just uh, two days ago for the first time ever, I saw an osprey just flying around in Surrey, BC. And I always knew they were here. I just never once seen one. And I'd have always been looking. And I finally saw one. So, so that's not interesting to anyone but me. But I just forgot I'd mention it.
2: I didn't really know what osprey looked like until right now. and
1: uh, Yeah, guess, they're beautiful birds.
2: I guess I can see the resemblance. Um to
0: the vehicle. I mean, you know. Oh, that's what that looks like. So the dragon looks like Atomic Scrap Dragon from Yu Gi Oh. That's that's hilarious. I think I got it. I think this the climax of this film, and maybe like what the message is trying to say, though not really, is so Earth is secretly Unicron, this Transformer. And Quintessa is the antithesis of Unicron. And so she wants to destroy the Earth. Well, yeah, this. there are arch enemies. Yeah, at least like what the movie has presented. I'm thinking, initially I was thinking like, oh, maybe it's similar to Man of Steel where like Zod wants to terraform uh, the Earth to become new Krypton. Uh, but it's not, I mean, maybe well, Quintess is going to use like, you know, the Earth's material, like Unicron's materials to like, I guess, restore Cybertron. So yes, in I, a way, it's similar to that.
2: Yeah, in a technological kind of way, I think. So it's yeah. no
0: different than uh organism feeding off of another organism to sustain its life. Okay. Kind of,
1: yeah. yeah. Humans are parasites on the earth. That kind of... is it, you think that's what we are saying?
0: I didn't say that. I just said, like, I'm going... Uh, hang... Hold on a second, sir. I just boil it down to, like, what any organism does, from- where it eats another organism, or at least, you know, it needs to feed and, you know, have energy to sustain itself.
2: From a Transformer point of view, you would it would be hard not to think of humans as like a parasite on the earth, AKA Unicron. Now, from another point of view, from a James Cameron point of view, this is like the anti Avatar Pandora. Yeah. Because here the humans are the Navi um, and the transformers are the humans.
0: I guess my question is that if, well, obviously we're not going to have this, but if Unicron is a transformer, how did how did humans become come to be exactly? Because if it's a giant metal robot in the form of the Earth, where did the biological component come from unless like we're all like all these humans in this world are secretly well, um, machines?
2: No, no, we're not secretly machines. I don't think that's what
1: Okay. I figure that the or the kind of the rock and stuff built around it and it's just been dormant all this time. Yes. Yes, and the organic element showed up the same way any organic element would show up just, just over time. Yes. Meteorites. Okay.
0: Yes. Well, if we go with that theory.
2: Yeah. But just mass coalescing. Um, Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Unicron just be this big thing. It just, Unicron would have to be billions of years old, I guess. Um, Yeah. And then, yes. If it just, if it's just this huge mass, it's just going to draw in over millennia, millennia. Uh, it's going to draw in organic matter, etc., other elements, and yes, life. No, yeah, like you said, life would just form the, the way it does.
1: But I was curious because uh, I know uh, Isaac, you said in the last one too, you were hoping that we'd see some combiners, and I think we get two of them here, right? We get those, we get the dragon, which is all the, the, the knights, and then we get that that one dude.
2: Yes, the Decepticon.
1: I don't know what the hell that guy is. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Infernicus or something.
0: So, it's it, it's weird because Infernicus was already there. Then he like uh then he uh separated. unlinked. Yeah, he separated and then they I guess just to like showcase the fact that you know, we we can do it. Uh we get the the the, the like Decepticons combined back into him. So I'm like uh, seemed a little counterintuitive, but I was thinking more that he was Bruticus, but because I know Bruticus. Sorry, 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 my fan's showing again. I can't, I can't do that. No preconceived ideas. Got to stop that. Um, I, I will say, that I guess, in comparison to uh, from the last time we saw a combiner form of um, of uh, Devastator, I guess it's a little bit more non uh looking and not as like crass. Excuse me, uh, in this way. Even even though even though Devastator had a lot of weight to him, uh Infernicus looks like he almost has like no weight to him, but whatever. I mean, sorry. Its name is
2: Infernicus?
0: Infern. Yeah. Infernicus.
2: Oh, Infernicus.
1: Yeah. And I was curious about the dragon if that's something from outside of this or if that was an invention
0: for this movie. I can't I can't speak for that because I've lost my uh ability to speak. <laughs> uh um <why? laughs> but I actually I I I at first they said the, that the primes, the, yeah, the, the, sorry, the 12 knights created the dragon. So I'm like, okay, so they, they created it from like, you know, nothing, right? No, they're combiners. I'm like, but did we see a prime die and a few primes die? Why is it still like three heads? Like, wouldn't the mass be a bit like, you know, would it only be two headed dragon instead of three, anyways?
2: um, There are was a dragon at least one i can think of maybe two like transformers before but nothing like this um mm. uh yeah no, no, nothing that's like a a true massive dragon
0: what was uh what was oh great so optimus in the last film was uh oh, he, yeah he he was writing grimlock and in this one he's uh switched grimlock out for a uh, uh blue eyes ultimate dragon making him dragon right. master knight anyway um yeah.
1: and i will say uh with the dragon i i like the i like the idea i just wish that it looked more like how they have the transformers look now it looks more like what we would have seen in those first two when they're really like there's too much stuff going on all the time
0: whirlwind attack
1: I Wish it looked more <laughs> solid it turns out they're losers when they're not all combined. They should have just stayed as
0: combiners. And uh, they also did the problem of attacking him all at once. Yeah. You can't ever do that. Yeah,
2: I agree with you said, Caleb, about... um what, what, Dragon? Yes, about the look of it. Um The thing about Infernicus, yeah, technically a combiner. But what I don't like is that when it's, it's Desperate's parts, they all look oh, the same. Yeah. And they look like what they form into. Yeah. I don't like that at all.
1: It is weird. It's like it's not actually. It's like it's more the big thing, and it can just split itself into smaller guys. But it's not.
2: Yes. Yes. Exactly. I don't like that at all. Yeah, it's that's weird. not what's fun about combiners.
0: Not a lot of opinion. Not saying anything. Not saying a thing. Oh, but
1: Isaac, I I also remember. I, I don't know why I remember this, but that you mentioned Hot Rod, and that you're hoping that he would show up here for some reason. Uh, were you
0: happy to see him? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why I even remember it. Again, but... I'm not allowed to say anything. I'm not, i've i've lost i've lost my ability okay. to uh, criticize or at least you know be a fan of this film.
1: Hey, you started this retrospective. You got to give your opinions here. That's i'm i'm here for you. You know, <laughs> uh,
0: I, I didn't want to do this series. Like they don't really. Well, again, I think it's for fan service just because it's like, hey, everybody, it's Hot Rod because they're like running out of Transformers, so they either come up with their own ones. I mean, why don't they just like? What did they have to use Hot Rod? They could have just created new characters just since you said you wanted to see him
1: are you did, do you feel like this has been satisfactory or do you like think they... i didn't
0: orgasm when i saw him if that's what you're asking but like no. the role he has in his in this film is not exactly a character piece that's fair, uh it doesn't yeah. exactly have a character other than like hey i'm french um which is interesting uh oh yeah the mummy also came out this year i forgot about that and is that a hot rod thing or is that an adventure? Sorry. <laughs> Uh, no, he's played by the guy from, well, not in this one, but just the, the cool claim to fame in hot rods case. He's he's played by, uh, what's that main dude from, uh, the breakfast club. Oh my
2: God. Interesting.
0: Not my, Michael Anthony hall, not in this one, but like that's in the like 86 film. But anyway, um, besides the point, uh, he's here to have a, what do you call it? Wait, he
2: played hot rod in the transformer movie.
0: Yeah. In 86. Like not Michael. Anthony Michael Hall. No, no, no! Other guy, other guy, other other guy. Not Emilio Estevez. The other, the other guy. Oh, the bully one. The brooding one. Yeah,
2: he did the voice oh. for Hot Rod
0: in '86. What?
2: Never. Knew yeah, oh, that. interesting.
0: Look it up. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I'm gonna look it up. <laughs> the only reason he's here, the only reason Hot Rod's plot related, is because he has that time uh, reduction gun or whatever it's called, hmm. time dilation gun. Where he can create, like, he shoots a bubble, and then the bubble, like, all of time, like, just goes in slow motion.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's actually a cool weapon. I like that. So, he
0: definitely does have relevance in the plot.
1: And I think, I, I can't remember if you guys, if it was in that discussion, but I remember you guys mentioning how, in one of these, these things, the Transformers all had, like, their u- own unique abilities or artifacts or something like that.
0: That was in our uh, Transformers Animated.
1: Yeah, so I was like, oh, is that another kind of call back to that stuff. Maybe Isaac would like that. I don't know.
2: <laughs> oh my God. Judd Nelson did the voice for Hot Rod.
0: Thank you, Judd Nelson. That's that's it. Wow. That that was actually a cool use of that
1: stopping time gun right there.
2: Well, yeah. It, that was. It, it was. Yes. I wanted to call it Chekhov's stopping time gun when it first appeared in the movie because huh. you knew it it had to factor in some kind of way. Um, mm-hmm. or you would think because Michael Bay doesn't play by those rules, but you usually, would, yeah, <laughs> you would think though that it would have some some role to play. No, when you brought Hot Rod, that's it's it's utter sacrilege to the old G one bands. Um, oh, really? Because oh yeah. the, I don't know what it is with the Michael Bay movies in the sense that you know they use these legacy names, and with some characters they try to make you know like with Optimus and Bumblebee, they try to make them somehow relate to the original characters hound a little bit Ironside a little bit in the first one Ironhide. sorry yeah Ironhide. hide okay. but then with other characters they just use the in name only and mm. and there's like and hot rod is one of the most egregious um because why <laughs> is he this like weird french uh and like why does he start off as uh, i don't know how to pronounce the name of those that make a car this
1: Lamborghini I think maybe no 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 no. he he starts
2: off as the French car
1: oh that's right yes Citroen
2: or whatever Um, why the F is he that type of car Uh, and not even a sports car initially and then why is he French and then why does he turn into a Lamborghini and then still have the French accent I think French and Italians would be jumping out of the theater they take that stuff way more serious in Europe like the lineage of the, the European car brands And to have a Lamborghini with a French voice, I don't even know how, and Lamborghini and Ferrari are very protective, like with their IP and whatnot. How could they sign off to allow their vehicle to be in the movie with a French accent? I would think that Lamborghini representatives would, would jump out of their pants at, at that possibility. And again, none of this relates to hot rod as we knew him before in any possible way. Um, and so I, I hate when they name drop like known transformer names in the Michael Bay stuff when it, it's in name only.
1: Mm. Well, that's fair. And that, and that's what I was curious about. Cause I, for some reason, the name stood out. And so when he showed up, I was like, Oh, maybe, maybe they'll be happy about this guy, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and by the
2: way, what is with this technology? That, like it's so OP, you should be using it all the time.
1: Yeah, I thought maybe only Hot Rod had it. It was like his own unique ability. And I was like, oh I, maybe it'd be more cool if the Transformers were
0: unique and they all had their own stuff. But
2: It's a cool thing, but it's a it's a game breaker.
0: What I noticed from this Oh, that's right, I forgot to mention that earlier on, but like uh what I noticed early, like throughout this film is that there had there was a uh, there there was a there are points when like just Transformers aren't present and then they just present themselves again. So I'm like, huh? They like, they like go to the shadow realm or they like, uh, what is it? They, they phase shift like Lilith from the, the first borderlands into like another dimension. and They come back out. Maybe, maybe it was an unknown transformers ability. Who knows? But, um, where they could have been used more like the, the, the strength and numbers would have been useful, but anyways, that's just a point I had to make.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, they were staying in Arizona the whole time until, amazingly day trading. I don't mean
0: that point. I don't mean that. I I don't mean that. I was talking about like certain times within like the scenes themselves when there's an action and there's a transformer present. They don't often like uh, make their actions known or they don't like interact with people. So I'm like,
2: Oh, okay. In that case, I would use the same argument I brought up with way of the water where the Navi tribe, the water tribe mysteriously disappeared during the action scene.
0: Yeah, I'm making a point of it. I don't care. Uh, or at least, excuse me, I, I don't care very much for it. So I'm just like, I'm just pointing it out. I think he's, I think Bay here is talking about family in an extended kind of way. <laughs> yeah.
2: Right. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I think that's the implication.
1: And here we get the, oh boy. And this, this is one where I didn't laugh. Where Optimus Prime goes into his speechifying. It just feels a lot less overdone and obnoxious. Like a lot of them are most of the time. Whenever we get to this end speech, I'm rolling my eyes so hard that I, yeah, I almost want to just switch it off right then.
0: You
2: know, this insane climax that happens. I mean, the actual situation of Cybertron, et cetera. And this feels like something that would come out of a new Who RTD um, series finale.
1: Hundred percent, hundred.
2: I mean, of course. I mean, of course, there's the end of time, but without even going there, um, yeah, it's just Last something. Time, lords, something that's on a on unimaginable scale that there's no way Earth could possibly survive. Now, this is yep. weird. This is what's happening right now, because I feel like this was supposed to be a mid or end credit sequence, but they just literally stuck it to the end of the movie.
1: Yeah. And I, I do think it's interesting. I, it, it does feel intriguing. Well, the fact that it was never followed up on it, it, I do wish that it wasn't immediately following the end.
2: I have PTSD from the end of, um, the X-Men movie days of future past, because it's, post credit scene was very similar to this and it got me mm. so hyped up at the time and then when apocalypse came out it was a, an apocalypse in more ways than one
1: yeah i, I can't argue with you there
2: <laughs> and it's weird that what's her name uh, um gemma um
1: uh, edgerton maybe I don't,
2: or no Why, why am forgetting her last name but it's weird that you never would you certainly never would have realized she was in the movie and even if you did probably a lot of people don't even know who she is if they even knew who she was uh and, and you just get to see her for that tease at the end
1: yeah oh but yeah since we've we've come to the end of yet another Transformers movie i think like we actually didn't talk about all the the plot stuff that much hardly which, yeah <laughs> Which again, I feel like is, is more interesting than some of the stuff we've got in the past. And that that's my biggest strong suit. I'll, I'll never really be into these Transformers movies. They're just not the type of movie that I watch in my spare time for my own enjoyment. But for one that I've been forced to watch for a podcast, I, I do think that this one feels like a touch above the previous uh, entries. I would still say since we've been doing the Fast and Furious stuff as well, this is on par with the last couple Fast and Furious movies. I feel like it's... Oh, it's Gemma Chan.
2: Yeah, exactly. Gemma Chan.
1: Yeah, I feel like it's... Yeah, it's definitely in that same type of movie mode that I'm just not a fan of. I find that stuff just overblown and obnoxious and difficult to well keep my interest. There's just like... Uh, th- these action movies are just... Ugh.
2: That's kind of the way I always felt about the later fast movies even though I hadn't watched them um that's just what I felt and that's why I didn't watch them uh but now that I've kind of like mellowed out and just kind of allowed fast fast and furious to be what it is and and now I've seen them all except for except for 9 and 10 obviously um and now I'm at peace with it and it's okay and it's it's totally not my style and it's not my thing but I can yeah. be into it and I definitely think that transformer movies or the franchise with Michael Bay and fast and furious. I definitely feel like they're in some kind of similar space in terms of genre. There's definitely yeah. a relation going on, but as, as flawed as the Michael Bay movies can be, it's definitely my preference. If I had to choose between the two um, and it probably is partially the, the nostalgia connection or maybe it's because I'd rather default to if I'm going to go for mindless action, I would I guess I'd rather go for the more sci-fi oriented versus the espionage oriented.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe,
2: maybe that's another bias I would have.
1: Yet yeah, I'll say this kind of filmmaking stuff, I feel like it fits more for Transformers, just knowing where the Fast and Furious started. Like, I still think the, those, that first one, especially, it's just crazy that that's where that series became. <laughs> It was just a simple heist thing. A little undercover cop thing. And it ballooned up to that ridiculous stuff.
2: The the weird thing about the Michael Bay movies and their origin, the Transformer ones, it'd be like the 90s version of the Mario Brothers movie, except if it was wildly successful. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I do. Just like almost a bastardization and name the, only.
2: Yeah, because... Yes, exactly. Except if it was like a money maker, That's yeah. kind of what the Transformers <laughs> movies are. Like, like, they're the damn Mario Brothers movie. And it makes me wonder <laughs> how it might have been, or maybe it wouldn't have been anything, if they were somewhat closer to the source material. And if they made like a serious, quote unquote, serious movie or serious take, it, it probably would have got better reviews but probably wouldn't have made as much money. I would think not nearly as much money. Cause I'm just thinking like Transformer movies have so performed like crazily, especially the Michael Bay ones um, at the box office. All of them were serious moneymakers, but remember I brought up Dune not that long ago and how it is the new Dune. It's such a revered movie, but it is not a moneymaker in in blockbuster terms. So, maybe that's how Transformers would have performed if they had had made like a movie movie, like a legitimate movie.
1: Yeah, and we might see that. I mean, I know that they claim that they're trying to be more close to the source material. I don't know. I can't, I don't know anything about the source material, so I can't say. But I know that- You talking about
2: the new movie, the new Transformers movie?
1: This new series, maybe not the newest one, but I know that they're saying that they want to, Stick closer and yeah, take more stuff from the source material.
2: Wait, we're talking about the live action movies, the new ones coming you know, out,
1: live action movies. Yeah, that's, that's what I've heard. I don't know,
2: that would be amazing. It, but who okay, who knows though? Because as one who's seen the trailer, spoilers aside, um, I would love for this to be a misleading trailer situation, um, mm. because spoilers aside. One of the biggest takeaways I got from the newer trailers uh, for the newest movie. Like the trailers scream, like, did you miss Michael Bay's touch? Well, we're going back to that. Well, baby, like that's that's the tone of the the trailers to me. I would love that to be a misdirection.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and I'll say this stuff that I heard. This was coming out post Bumblebee and I was reading about it before this movie was any trailers were around. This was back in like 2021 after seeing Bumblebee and being like, oh, that that was an interesting change of direction. And I was reading some of the yeah, stuff that was coming about, about, about the newer one. But yeah. I don't know about these trailers. Maybe it was a, a Kiva Goldsman situation sure. where they're just lying to you blatantly.
2: <laughs> I need to, I need to find out later. Like, yeah, I don't, I want to know who's behind the scenes like producing, directing, <laughs> et cetera
1: could be goldsmith again. Oh boy. Um but how about you guys for your final thoughts for this this fun? Oh boy.
2: I've said most of my final thoughts um already in what we were just discussing. But Yeah. Just to add yeah, fun fact, I just cuz I was like Bumblebee, what is up with his voice? Who is this guy? Cuz they have pretty notable people, you know, voicing the other um Autobots in this movie. Apparently, Eric Adal Um, he's not really a voice actor at all, which I guess partially explains it. He's actually the sound editor on these Transformer movies primarily. And he was, um, he was nominated for his work on Transformers Dark of the Moon. I mean, nominated for an Oscar for that, for that sound editing. Um, he actually was one of the people who worked on Godzilla's roar for the 2014 Godzilla film. Um, he also did the sound for a quiet place. That's I know that's ironic, (laughs) but, um, but yeah, so I guess this is like just a nod to him. Hey man, we're going to let you cameo as the iconic voice of Bumblebee. So,
1: well, I guess that's nice. Yeah. I can give him a pass for that.
2: It's nice to know, but when you're just in a movie theater and you have, you don't have IMDB downloaded to your brain, you're just like, what the heck is going on right here? But Anyway, um I've kind of already said my piece. I've never disliked this movie um, outright. I did feel like I was definitely ready well I was already ready to move on from Michael Bay before this, even though I didn't hate any mm-hmm. of his movies. Um, but after seeing it today i it has gone up considerably in my mind as whatever I thought of it before, it has it has gone up considerably as a much better movie than I initially thought despite its flaws.
1: Yeah. And I just want to comment for Isaac gives his final thoughts. Cause I, I don't think we mentioned it, but I just saw in the trailer or the, the credits here. Is it, is it bizarre that he, they brought back Stanley Tucci to play Merlin after him being kind of a main character in that last movie? It was just kind of a weird thing to do. I, don't know. I thought it
2: was like a, a friendly cameo.
1: Yeah, I think that's what it was, but it's just bit strange.
2: Yeah, we love you so much for your previous stuff, um, <laughs> and and the guys in the special features. I told you, like the Arthur, Lancelot guys, like they're all nobodies in in the acting world. Yeah, they did nothing but revere Tucci on set, like he was their <laughs> GD hero, superstar, <laughs> greatest character actor who's ever lived. Like they were just like just completely gushing over the guy on set no, it, was, it was great it was wholesome but they were there you go they were simping on him let me tell you
1: oh get like call back there we go yeah bring it all around and speaking of uh isaac do you want to give your your final
0: thoughts there i think i also figured it out i think transformers are an analogy to Um, people that come from a different land, potentially, that come outside from the land, and the whole idea that um, what Cade Yeager was fighting for was that we should, like, you know, be the the, the other, like, those who represent America uh, as, like, the TFR or TFT, excuse me, they represent America and what their standards are and that they don't want uh, these Transformers out of here, so maybe that's the idea is that like the whole movie is about working together, uh, despite your, uh, pe- like, despite what like species you're with, despite what's where you come from is that we all need to like unite to stand up against a force that wishes for extermination. Uh, uh,
1: well, it could be, could be,
0: uh, I don't know. I'm really trying here. I'm, I'm, I'm really trying here to like, you know, give this movie like, you know, some, Reason to exist.
2: No, it could be. But like another way to look at it, if we're gonna take it serious, um, Quintessa, she is like this the Cybertronian she she's the embodiment of of a Satan like character. And I mean the concept of Satan, not necessarily the biblical Satan. Of course not. But the concept of Satan, she's basically that to the Cybertronian kind. And so then it just becomes a grand up. I mean, cause ultimately, yes, there is a coalition aspect and there's no doubt about that, but um, it's, it's still very much good versus evil in the classical sense because she is Satan in the sense of everything they can undo our world personified. Cause I don't know what else her motivation is. Um, well, I mean, I know she has a revenge, Thats That's part of her motivation, but that revenge entails of like total destruction of our world
0: yeah, I think that's that's probably something, so I know my thoughts aren't and and my vocabulary and the, the way I'm speaking is not all you know there, but i think I think something like that is is what this movie is about. I guess that's what all these movies are about is that no matter you know the transformers being an analogy for you know the other. Uh, is that those th- th- of course there's two like there's the autobots they're they're like they're one part of the other they're like the, the good aspect of the other and then there's the decepticons who are well obviously the bad traits of the other but those who make their actions known of of wanting to decimate and assault and ins- to enslave and whatever barricades uh punish mantra was on his yeah to enslave and punish thank you those who uh wish to spread like hate and dominate th- that is the enemy whereas those who wish to bear open arms and to even though they didn't exactly share their technologies with each other uh the, the transformer the autobots i mean they still wish to give a hand to the humans i guess that's the people we should be you know uh in in league with and and trust so i'm i'm i, I hope that all the the many people who worked on this film were compensated. They didn't have to work crunch time. I think despite me not liking all the effects, I think they, you know, you guys did a good job. I hope, you know, I hope you guys get recognition for this, uh, and go on to work in other, uh, good projects. You know, this movie made a lot of money. If you enjoyed this movie, that's, that, that is definitely good, but I'm definitely going to be putting a, uh, not feeling it on here. Uh, so yeah, I guess we have we have one more of these to do before we uh, get to eighty six, and we'll probably put out a discussion video over the what's what's that movie called Rise of the I keep wanting to call it Rise of the Beast Machines, uh, but it's called something else. It's just Rise of the Beast. Okay, Rise of the Beast. Thank you, sir. Uh, but thank you both of you for joining me on this uh, adventure again, Eric. I know you you know had a had a hoot of a time, Caleb. I know you really don't <laughs> want to be here, and thanks for for being here. Uh, you, I definitely owe you one. as i usually say uh you had to put up with me with the fast and furious franchise don't worry i'll be doing uh everything you want to do so enjoy i enjoyed that series more yeah (laughs) i I get i guess so i guess i'll uh yeah sure um any anything else you want to say caleb or are you good i'm good take us take us home yeah um i guess like this movie is implying you know D- don't be too quick to judge a person's character but obviously don't profile them it's really hard right like it's it's really hard to like determine like from some some somebody from someplace else like you know i think if they're you know wanting to be a, a good i think people down uh to their bone are, are trying to be a, a good person just like you know certain external factors that cause them to be um let us stray and do things that aren't in the right way but anyways um, till next time everybody uh, take care peace out